everyone, and we're live. You're tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. And today, I have returning guests in the studio with me. I have the folks, the fine fellas from The Woke Salaryman, who has ballooned in viewership since the last time we spoke. So they came, I met with them perhaps about a, a year ago. Hmm. And I can confidently say that they are ultra successful now, okay from my la. perspective. Okay la, yeah. How have you guys been? We have been uh, very tired. But cannot complain. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, can't complain. You look at all this uh, stuff that's going on and it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to probably get worse. Uh. Mm. So we cannot complain about our situation. It's been pretty okay. Yeah. So uh, Wei Chun left his job in <coughs> May. Yes. I left yes. my job in August. Okay. So now we are full-time work salary, man. Mm. So we have been uh, doing a lot of sponsor content yes. to just create that runway so that we survive and okay. we didn't quit our jobs to to go back to it uh one or two months later. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a bit sad. So I think this will be the perfect segue to 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 plug your Patreon. The Patreon, I think currently in the morning when I check has 941 uh people or uh, 941 dollars backing it. Uh-huh. So please advertise why should people sign up for your Patreon? Actually I think no yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think you just read the content and follow yeah. here already. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. The Patreon is just to help us out and mm. the Patreon really helps because um, it gives us a little bit of edge so that we have a little bit of more space so that we don't have to take on sponsored content that yep. doesn't work. Yeah. So that we have the ability to say no to content that doesn't work. Yep. Yeah, it's but, just to keep us yeah. pure. But I do want to say like, you know, if you are struggling financially, like please do not yeah, donate please to do our Patreon. Do not donate Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we will find a way to survive. All you need to do is to read our content, share our content, and don't bitch about sponsor yeah, content yeah. when it does come up because <laughs> that is so annoying. We work very hard to make it work. Yeah, yeah. So, so very, very hard. We fight clients like super hard. Like, you know, they gave me like a black eye the other day. We fight them, call them. Mentally. Yeah. 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 Emotionally. Mental, yeah, emotional no, black eye. Emotional right. black eye, yes. Okay, yeah. before we go into sponsor content, which is the juiciest thing, um, <laughs> could you just introduce yourselves again? Uh, who is who? Who does what? What is Works Ironman? Elevator pitch. I'm sure you guys have nailed it down already. So please. I think uh, the work salary man is a place to start for anyone who is curious about personal finance and managing your finances better. Or as I, I, as I like to say, right, who wants to have a better relationship with money. And I call it relationship because it is something that you need to look at constantly and up- update. Yep. And uh, you need to update it based on what finance and economy is like. And also, it's, it's like kind of having a partner, right? Mm. With your money. Sounds like a Christian thing, like a relationship. No, no, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing religi- <laughs> religious about it. It just, it just sounds like I'm no, just saying. No, no, no. So, sacrifice. So, yeah, so, so we just make comic content, usually very visual stuff that makes it very easy and accessible for anyone who's curious as a beginner to start out. But yeah. we also have a lot of seasoned people who know the ins and outs of personal finance, even more than we do that like our stuff because we make it easy to absorb and to reflect upon. Yeah, so uh, I'm Wei Chun. The yeah. deeper voice is Wei Chun. Uh, and uh, I draw most of what you see on Woke Man, and I write some of the articles here and there. Yeah. So Raymond has given you the, has bestowed upon you the ability to write instead of yeah, just drawing. He gave me the permission to express myself. <laughs> then he wow. edit and help make it better. Wow. Like. Yeah. <coughs> it's true to a certain extent. <laughs> I My name is Raymond. I'm the guy with like the not so deep voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. a bit uh, high pitched. Yeah, a bit high pitched, a bit twangly. <laughs> A uh, bit twangly voice. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I write the stuff uh, and I also give Wei feedback on the stuff that he writes. I don't draw anything because if we, if I even draw anything, uh, our page wouldn't be, you know, half as... Half I think as we need half our prices. Uh. Yeah, we will half our prices. Yeah. That, con- that, that, that article, no, no sponsor. Yeah, 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 no sponsor. Sponsored by ourselves. 
<laughs> but is that something that you might potentially want to try? Yeah, maybe on April Fool's. Yeah, I could try drawing. Okay, 2021. Uh. Yeah. If the world gets to live that long. Uh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the idea yeah. to make like a broke salary man page, then he will draw it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So <laughs> all the, what? All, all, the, all the misconceptions and all the... It might even be a spoof one to kind of be the voice of the critics that we know are out there. Mm. Yeah. So it's really meta. Yeah, so it's like we whack the work salary man. Yep. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the work salary man missed out. Oh, the book, he didn't talk about this, you know. Yeah. He talked about A, but he didn't talk about C. And life is not just all about this. Yeah, you know. Kind of I mean, we, we always get that comments quite often and we have like given those comments like quite a lot of thought. So I do think we can build a convincing argument for the other side. And the roles will be reversed. Yeah. yeah. Raymond will be drawing. You'll be, ri- you, you'll be writing it. Yeah, Probably, yeah, possible, yeah. possible. That completely possible. Sounds like a award-winning idea. So let's talk about sponsored content. Um, mm. I'm curious to know, when you guys personally see sponsored content, what is your initial reaction? Because I I believe advertising has kind of shifted. I mean, advertising used to be on traditional media. We all know um, traditional media died. They went to digital with social media to catch up. And now I think with advertising, it has gotten to a point where it's indistingu- indistinguishable. It kind of hides in the, the, the content that we watch through product placement and all very, very subtle, subtle things. So I'm just curious to know, uh, as you guys, as as you consume content these days, uh, what is your initial reaction to it? Like, do you do you actually watch ads on YouTube or do you use blockers? Do you just skip it? Do you just, are you just um, very tuned out to it? Yeah. I try to support the channels that I like. I'm, I also am patron to some people that I enjoy on YouTube and I don't skip ads for the people that, wow. that remind me not to skip ads. Mm. And I also quite like uh sponsor content because I personally am in the space uh, so I always look at how they do it mm. and I think YouTube has been quite a forefront like you see a lot of Squarespace mm. a lot of like uh, what's the other one uh, Wix uh, you know whatever uh, yep, those yep. Web, website the sh- shaving brands uh, uh, masterclass masterclass, yeah. masterclass yeah. Skillshare you know yeah. this kind of thing and actually YouTubers are very blatant about it yes and it doesn't matter to me because uh, if the content is good I will help you out by listening to your pitch I will help you click the link even for some people that I really hardcore like. Mm. I will watch your ad and I won't skip it. Mm. Because I understand that me watching this, right, is allowing you to do this full time mm. and that I can still watch my daily stuff that I love watching on YouTube. Yep. And I think people more and more are starting to understand that if you're consuming content online for free, that is okay. Lah. I mean, like, yep, they also yep. need to make money. Lah. Yep. So for our thing, like, you, you were talking earlier about how advertising heights or they disguise themselves as content. And I and I really do uh see that, especially earlier on. What they what they used to call I think native advertising. Yep. Right. Yep. And this is like the content that would hide among like what would otherwise be an innocuous article. Then you read until oh, yo, is it yes, yes. Yeah. That's why when we do it, we just if you see our content stuff, right, on Facebook, we put like in caps. Nobody can miss it and yep. accuse us of yep. not declaring. Very sassy also. Yeah, we uh, just, a bit quiet. We just declare, no? And because like, <laughs> we are both saying, man, we, we like side hustles. We're all about the money. Yep. If you can pay us to do a post that we're going to do anyway, yep. then why, why not? not? Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Like, we would not be work ceremony if we didn't take up the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. If we work 18 hours for free, right? We would just be broke seller man. Why not we just change the, the whole page to broke seller man? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. And also, I think how we balance that out is that Ming actually, he does a lot of the business. In fact, most of it is him negotiating with the clients and stuff. And he's, he's actually very good at it because he knows content. He knows what makes content work, which is not something you can say for a lot of the account managers out there mm. that manage then the account platforms. Yep. Because he knows content, right? And he knows how to make it. He knows the difficulty in making content that works. 
he's able to very upfront on the client level, tell them early on if this is not something that would work mm. and that we need to be honest. And most of the time, I think when the clients allow us the freedom to also be honest in our storytelling, it makes the story better. So even when we declare it, it's not a big deal. Like people yep. still consume it anyway and they enjoy it. And we have quite a lot of comments, Not maybe not a lot, but I think enough to make me feel very, uh, very... It, it warms my heart like, when I see people say, like, I love the way you guys do sponsored content because like, it's still valuable to me and you declare it so upfront. Mm. Mm. And I think that's a win-win all around because, I mean, companies are not all trying to scam you. Mm. Companies and, and products and services are out there to try to provide value to you and advertising, if done right, should connect me to the kind of services that I need. And, uh, so I don't think advertising is inherently evil. La. It's just that when you hide it, like you're talking about native advertising, there's the early days when the advertisers try to figure out how do we get on this yes. social media thing? Yep, and yep. they try all kinds of things. Yep. So I'm glad that we are in a space now where, you know, it's a, we, we can be honest with our declaration and uh, the sponsors can get their word in and people can still enjoy the otherwise quality content. Yep. I think that's great. And it comes down to I think the time's moving on, you know, like with people getting more and more into social media, the more you consume YouTube, the more you will see how people can be so blatant with how they declare the advertising. Yep. I think people are just used to it now. Mm. Like it is a wonderful time. They're just kind of numb to it. Yeah. So on our side, like we make sure to be like very careful about like the clients we work with. Mm. Like, we will not work with like a trading company, for example. A trading a company? Yeah, like okay. FX trading. Why, why is that? So... Because a lot of our followers are very new to personal finance. So we don't want them to like take the huge step to trading. So even though there's inherently not, nothing wrong with trading, but we also consider like to our audience, you know, mm. will, a, mm. will a kid, right? Uh, like 17 year old kid read this and then like go trading, lose all his money. Mm. Mm. So we also consider like a whole range of factors before taking on a client. Yep. Sometimes we, even though like the money is enticing, we just have to say like, oh no, we, we sorry, we can't do this because... Uh, we are afraid, you know, because uh, most of our audience are are, are, are quite noob to personal finance. Yep. If you do this, we we don't want them. We do not do want them risking that. So, it's all about guarding like uh, the brand very carefully. What watching who you work with and uh, also the messages. So, for example, like we, I think last year we did something about diamond rings. We did sponsor content for diamond rings. Yep. I, I'm not sure where you saw that. I I believe I did. Yeah. yeah. SK. So, yeah. SK. SK. I think the the product was star correct. Okay. Diamonds. So it was like lab grown diamonds. So we know for a fact, right, like people are going to buy diamonds and they're going to buy like uh, $10,000, $12,000 Traditionally, diamonds. the more yeah. expensive. Yeah. So that is something cultural and that one we we, we can't stand for it. Mm. However, what we can stand for is like a far cheaper alternative, like, you know, uh, $1,000 to $2,000 diamond yep. and, and that's fine. Yep. Uh, So actually, we, we got on the phone with a client. I told them like, I mean, I, I think at first they were concerned that, hey, why your best traditional diamonds. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I mean, and from that point of view, like, it's quite legit, you know. Why why would, why would SK support, like, uh, a, a, a page that actually, like, says you shouldn't buy a traditional yep. diamond? But I told them that the people who read our page, right, they were not going to buy a traditional diamond anyway. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing loose. Mm. You know it's not I mean? the target audience. Like. Yeah, it's not the target audience. There's nothing loose. So, 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 so it's all about, like, navigating these little like uh, intricacies as well. Yeah. I remember the last the last time we spoke, I believe 
we can count the number <coughs> of sponsored content have on your hand because I believe you guys were just dipping into it. I remember the conversation was along the lines of, hey, I think we have one or two. Yep. I don't know if this is something that we want to, mm-hmm. to, to move forward mm-hmm. with. I think looking at it right now, which is August 2020, I'm, I'm quite um, happy to see that there's so many. I want to point out, I'm, I'm curious to know why do you think, what, what is the appeal with your comics? Because you talk about uh, as uh, ju- jewelry and I think I recently read the, the Uniqlo one as well. And I wasn't, I was so surprised to see a Uniqlo sponsor because I was reading it. I, I never could have made the, the, the connection that it's it's from Uniqlo because Uniqlo is a clothing brand. So I'm just curious to know, like, at least from your perspective, what do you think is the appeal of the the, the content that you guys put out? Why uh, yeah. do like sponsor content or like an advertisement per se with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for us, we it's actually quite a bitch to work with us. Okay, how so? Because like- <laughs> Who's the bitch? I'm the bitch. He's okay. the bitch. <laughs> yeah, because I will push the client to like- No, I also bitch. Like, yeah. I'm back and bitch. Back and bitch, bitch. Because yeah, we will yeah. push the clients to like- Stuff that usually- uh, Usual content creators will just like, okay, yeah, we will just, just do it again. Can you give an example? Long. Like in, in what sense, is, is it more like a standing your ground? Like the client want this, but you say, hey, no, it should be like this. Yeah. So, so I mean, for example, the client want, wants to like um, upload like a whole press release, like hard sell mm. thing. And then we just tell them like, Hey, this this won't work, you know, because you might as well have engaged like a PR agency to do a press release. You know, we are not the right people mm. for you. Uh, what works for us is that we can create content that resonates very well with our audience. Yep, and we stand by our values, which is you know like uh to save money, to provide good value, and always like if you can afford not to buy, don't buy. And I think like we st- we stick very hard with those values. So if anyone just says oh buy this new thing, we're like no, I. We can't do that. Yep. So the appeal is that, uh, I mean, the appeal working with us that you do get like quite strong like organic traction mm-hmm. simply because we we stand out, stand very strongly by our values. Yep. But the downside is like the work can take quite long to to come up because we we are so- uh, Meticulous? Yeah, meticulous. I was going to say, you know, but <laughs> yes, that's another Fair way. enough. Yeah. So <laughs> because, we're, because we're very uh, meticulous and we will really push the client to like quite insane. Like I think- if our client has to work with wholesale, man, I'll, I'll be quite annoyed. Cause like most clients have the mindset of like, hey, I give you money. Hey, why not you just, yep, yep. You just yeah. shut up and just yeah. do the work. Yeah, but I think to protect our own brand yep. and to stand by our values, which is, I mean, for a better relationship with money, we yep. we are forced to take that ground and we, we, are, we gladly, we gladly take. Where, where, where did you learn such skills though? Is it just through like a trial by fire or is it because of the necessity for, uh, to, to just push this through as a, as a thing? I think it was also... Because we were just talking about yeah. bad people who handle accounts. Yeah. So assuming that it is... Could it be like a trial by fire thing? Or is it a school thing? Do you just learn it by the side? Or is it more like standing your ground and trying... Because you still have to take in their, their input. Their input is still yeah. valid to a certain degree. I they still have concerns. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to answer that, right? So maybe I answer your previous question, another aspect of that. Why you want to work with us is because our works are good. Mm. And our works are good, not just because the drawings are nice. I mean, like, the first few stuff that we did, I go back and look at the quality of the artwork, it's like shit. That's what you said the last time as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have leveled up since, and I'm glad that I have this opportunity to do this full-time, that I can, like, do my job and level up my craft. That's amazing. But because our product is also good, not just in terms of the artwork, but I'm talking about the the storytelling Mm. and the the condensation of otherwise complex topics that make it accessible. And this is not just complex topics that are fun or interesting. This is necessary things that everybody needs to learn about. We make it interesting and accessible. So that's the quality aspect. And because we can deliver on that quality when it comes to our stuff, right? It becomes a spiral, uh, spiral upwards because 
if you have done that's new shitty, that's that case, eh, sorry sorry yeah <laughs> I mean um, it, it's a cycle that that goes, goes upwards, upwards uh, whatever lah <laughs> uh, yeah. it's a benevolent cycle benevolent wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay so it's okay. like if you we had to basically do 9 to 5 then come back and do work celebrate for a while and we did that so that we can we can kind of impose our standards and do what we want without the threat of yes. uh, a client derailing yep. it you know and because of that we have a good baseline of content and we understand what works mm. so we have a portfolio to tell clients that hey look we've done this before this works this doesn't work if you don't have that right it's very hard to then go and sell and then negotiate with you the client sweet like, yeah. easily yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. right I, mean, I can tell a client like hey you know you've been doing this this style for like a certain way for like yeah. five years yeah. has it worked for you just mm. touch your heart for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like no it hasn't yeah okay but we have we have consi- consistently done content this way yeah. uh, it works for us it works for our clients everything that we advise you is for your own good yeah. because we are content marketers ourselves we, we came from advertising yeah. we were uh, we, we work at uh, we were content creators yep, yep. so we know you know we know what works and so please please let, let us do it because this is for your own interest I think we also before we even started work salaryman like both of us talk a lot about content and what works and what doesn't work mm. and we have been very long talking about how, you know, why are a lot of agencies are making a lot of money doing content online that doesn't work. What, what they do is they just take the stuff that they make for the other mediums and they convert it to an online ad. That's not enough. Uh, and, mm. and, and that is missing out on a serious opportunity to make something great for a new space that is coming up. Uh, so, so we have been talking about this stuff back and forth for years and years and Even we know before, what doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, and we, we already were theorizing that the way to go, right, is to make content that is good first. Then you sell it. Mm. You cannot. Like, we, we see a lot of this happening where, and I understand why, because companies that are have a lot of staff and need production, you know, it's, it's difficult to upkeep. You have a lot of operating expenses and you need to meet those operating expenses. So you try to sell a new idea, right, straight away. So my episode one, I tried to sell it already. Yep, yep. And that's very hard. That's very hard because the client will say, wow, I mean, I'm paying so much money. You got to skew it here, skew it there. So you need to create the first 10 or five episodes first to create that that groundwork, that that, that base value. Then you go and sell six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Mm. Yep. I think that's the very important key. Your first five need to be good, need to be solid. Then you sell the rest. Yep. Like yeah. a pilot. Yep. So we did like pilot, works and man pilot like out of our own expense for a year. We work. So which one was saying? Nine, nine to five. Work on uh, our day job. This was 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you go back home, uh, I think from 7 until like 2, 3 a.m., we work yeah. on Wolf's Man. Yeah. So, by doing so, we did not have to rely on sponsored content. Yep. So, we could do the content we wanted to do. Yep. And I think like, it has, it has served our well because it has become like a base of uh, content that we can look back and say like, hey, you know yeah. what? This works. Now, when we started it, I told myself like, I cannot do this forever. So, uh, at, at most, I want to do this for one year. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep grinding until 2, 3 a.m. Yep. Also. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going into my 30s now. I cannot sustain so long anymore. Mm. So I'm very grateful that so far we it worked out uh, then we, that we can do this full-time as self-employed people. Uh, are you grateful. afraid that it might taint or it might sully <coughs> the, the way you guys are, I would assume, emotionally attached to the company because it, it's something that you guys grew, uh, bred and, and it's like a baby to you guys. As in what my thing? Uh, doing more client work and going more, uh, adding more commerciality to it. Oh, for me, I'm not scared because since the beginning, right, anyone who asks me, right, I will say I'm doing this for money. Gotcha. And it 
And it is a very, I won't even say lucky. I, I always say lucky, but I'm trying not to because lucky would, would mean that I chanced on it. Yeah. yeah, I also have to give myself credit. So so I'm very grateful that we have the opportunity to do so. And and this opportunity of that, that is commercially sustainable is something that involves something I like doing, which is drawing. Yep. So that's incredible. I'm so grateful for that. Mm. But I, I have no qualms about being commercially sustainable because for any content out there that is uh, doing something great, right? I would also love for them to be commercially sustainable so that they can continue being uh, fantastic. They can continue doing what they're doing without having to, you know, put in a, a, a very weird self or yeah. weird products that have nothing to do with the product. <laughs> so like you none hair care suddenly like Red Shadow out. Legends. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. So, so I feel like as long as we really stick by the values like yeah. super like yeah, I think my check is I look at the piece, right? And I think if this was me when I was just starting on my financial journey reading this, would this be useful? Yeah. And if it says no, right, I will raise my hand and tell Remy, I feel like there's something wrong. So you slap him. Uh. And he will, yeah, he he will also him. say back the same. So it's the, very, the, the, the visuals? No, no. Visuals or, or, just, or the, content. just the topic. Yeah. Yeah. You just slap it each other. has to work. It has to work as a content thing. It has to give value other than just the product placement or the sponsorship. It cannot just be sponsorship. And as long as that's in there, I, I have no qualms about making money from it. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, before you help others, you help yourself. Oh. Yeah. Philosopher. So like, <laughs> if I'm drowning, I cannot save you. That's true. Yeah. Uh, if like, I earn one dollar a day, it's unlikely I'll give one dollar to you. Well, it's very noble for you to do that out of your own pocket. Yeah. And we did that for a while. Yep. A lot of people, actually nobody complained. Nah. I was supposed to say that. Like, nobody complained. Nah. But if people want to complain, I'll remind them that, look, we we were doing this until 2, 3 a.m. in the morning yep. for a year. Yep. That is quite a gambit, you know? Yeah. We put in a lot of time. So I have no qualms about it. Yeah. But I think I think it's it's interesting to consider things like that because with with how available content art is these days, I think people might be a bit too apathetic to the ways of creating. They just uh, mm-hmm. they just assume content is there and it's free. I mean, YouTube yeah. is a free platform. It yeah. is. Um, and I think the, the, the more interesting shift I've seen, at least within the past five years, I am a fan of video essays. Video essays. I watched one recently on Kanye West. Um, it was, uh, I would consider a very, very good documentary of his entire discography. It was one and a half hours. Oh, and it's, yeah, and it's it covers from his very, very beginnings mm. all the way up to his his, his current run for, for being a president. Mm. And it's so interesting because these growing up as a '90s kid, this is the type of content you would see in either the movies or TV. Or you might not even see it because it's so niche. It's so niche. It's so damn niche, right? So I think the point I'm getting to is that I fear the day that my favorite YouTubers will just stop creating and their channel will just stalemate. Because that that particular type of unique content is gone forever. I don't know if you guys have, have considered this, like the... The, the disappearance, not, not just not just for work style, but for the, the type of content that you guys consume because yep. the, the age we live in, who knows what will happen. I, like, I love YouTube, dude. Like, I'm a huge YouTube guy. Yeah. Like, I don't make anything on it, but I just love consuming. And one of my favorite pages is so damn niche because I'm a basketball fan, right? Yep. I watch this uh this channel, shout out, shout out, called B-Ball Breakdown. Okay. And it's just a coach yeah. that talks about, ah, so the, the Portland Trailblazers beat yeah. the Chicago Bulls. Let's find out based on the plays what they did right. 
it's such a niche channel and this dude is amazing because he's like he's like this boomer like, like 40, 50 <laughs> I don't know how old he is <laughs> and he has ad uh, he has advertising for I, I swear to God underwear you know <laughs> and it's so blatant right but his channel loves it yeah. because in the comments he says oh man love like coach I love that underwear commercial you stuck in there Yeah, because yeah. he would do like such sneaky things and yeah. it's part of the content now you know yeah. he would be like you know so if you don't want to be caught with your underwear down why not <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, like the trailblazers. Yeah, yeah. Then he transitioned. And people are like, oh, that's such a sick transition. <laughs> he builds it into the product. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love that this dude can now do his thing full time and help me understand basketball on a very yep. tactical level. Yep. I would I would hate it if that channel was gone. Yeah. Mm. Every single video he upload, right? YouTube even knows it. First one he upload, I watch it. I watch it the day <laughs> I'm on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think all, all we have to do is like to be consistent, stick by our values. Because yes, there are other content creators out there who don't do sponsored content. The question is, can they do it sustainably? Mm. So there'll be a time where even like the most talented or content creators will have to monetize and mm. eventually they have to do sponsored content. Yep. So eventually, everyone will have to do sponsored content at some point. So for us, we just focus on creating the best content. We can take a, a I mean, first we can idea, oh, this is a good piece of content. Then I think like, okay, who who, who can you know, come in to, to pay for the sponsored content? Yep, yep. So in that way, we don't really cloud our our you know values or you know what we want to say or actually have to bend our our messaging to to fit other people yeah. mm. i think one of the more interesting shifts in i guess just output of content in general is that things are becoming increasingly intangible it used to be production of goods like very tangible goods but then mm. if the the, the 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 recent uh i guess with the internet really the, 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 the production of physical goods started shifting into uh, more intangible ones. Experiences. Uh, is that what you mean? Uh, intangible goods tend to experience. And now because because the the reason why I say that is because what comes to mind most, uh, most uh, immediate is gaming. I remember the day, and I'm sure you guys do mm-hmm. as well. You buy physical CDs, you get one yep. game and you, you play it. There is a lot of uh, much, much... Uh, how would I say? You can get a lot out of it because you, you spend so much money, you save up everything, you just buy one. But now there is, CDs are no longer a thing. We can no longer mm-hmm. go back to that to that time where you mm. only just buy one CD and you play one game. Now it's like a smorgasbord of yeah. everything. Everything, what do you want? Yeah, yeah and it's it. intangible. It is increasingly intangible. There, Yeah, like, there isn't really a point I'm getting. I'm just curious. Well, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah. Is, it, is it like, you know, last time you read books, you got to buy. So if it's like I'm paying not just for the story that's inside the, the book. I'm paying for the physical process of yep. printing it, binding it, all that stuff. Yep. When I pay to go and watch a movie, for example, I'm also paying for the screening of the thing, the obtaining of yep. the film. Yep. I'm paying to sit there in a seat and yep. watch this thing with other people. You know, so now we usually own the means of production. I mean like we own the the way to look at the thing yes. it's just the, it's purely the content now right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I argue like sometimes intangible things can be like the most valuable things mm. like at I mean, we, we we don't sell products I mean very often sometimes we do sell products we do we do we sell pins yeah, yeah we do sell pins but, but like but, more often like what's more, more important is like we sell ideas okay I know it sounds very fluffy <laughs> yeah but the idea to spend less money the mm. idea to to protect yourself the idea to be more eco-friendly like these are not tangible, true. Yes, they're not tangible. You can't touch a few. But they have huge ways of affecting your lifestyle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that is that is really important compared to let's say uh Nintendo Switch, which which I, I want to get. 
Wow, yeah. spending money. Yeah, uh, really? Yes, I will spend money. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes the I- I- idea is a lot more valuable than than a tangible thing. But would you would you all agree that that would be, I won't say the fourth revolution. Not not so not so chim oh, Revolutions, yeah. Because okay, with the industrial revolution. I think people have been saying that the internet is kind of like the third or the fourth, and in, in the impending fifth. Do you think ideas? Because when I think of uh, ideas and selling ideas, I think of uh, mm. influencer culture. I think of, I think right now, especially uh, a lot of entrepreneurs or like influencer entrepreneurs and a lot of like gurus really, people really do uh, oh. want to follow. They they want someone to quote unquote idolize. They want someone to 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 hand them all the information and they can study religiously. Like people have a tendency to to, to follow like that. But and, isn't that the same as like Oprah, you know, last time? What, what, what do you mean? Where a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, middle-aged women mm. looked up to Oprah, for example, as, a, yeah. as an icon. Or I guess now it's a lot more prevalent because I would imagine last time, the you, you can only see her at one particular time, yeah. one particular time slot or, one, or maybe like one particular day of the week and you have to tune in. But I think now it's different. Now the person can upload, maybe the person has to upload like three times a week just to beat the algorithm and you have three videos to, to consume. You're consuming more and more mm. of, I think this person's thoughts and everything. And, with the saturation of content these days, it is very, very difficult to to determine. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, it's very difficult to either determine what is, uh, I guess, what is true, yeah. what, what what works. Definitely. And uh, analysis paralysis is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, this, you take from one, yes. you take from five other, and they're also conflicting. Then if yeah. you, uh, you're not the, it also depends on the, the, the personality of the individual. Yeah. Maybe the person is like more hesitant. They also don't know how to act. Yeah, no, I, I suffer from that. You echo chamber then exactly. one, one whole round. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think like in this age, right? You're right. I really realized that the, the proliferation of uh, publishing, like publishing is no e- so easy nowadays. Like everybody with a smartphone and internet connection has all the tools required to go viral already. Uh. Yes. I mean, and TikTok, in a way like, yeah. yeah, in a way it's good also because I like the fact that uh, now it is purely about your idea and your content and your story. Mm. And like somebody, even with no followers, can suddenly go viral if there was a very empathic story or something yep. you know I don't need Nike backing I don't need Adidas or budget yeah. or whatever or oh, in fact it's actually it. if you get famous let's say <coughs> on TikTok the brands would start courting you because yeah. they want uh, that, that sort of association or yeah. they want that fan base that you have yeah. I already feel like that revolution is here already like, definitely I mean yeah. I mean, YouTube kind of showed mm-hmm. I think the, the most fascinating thing about at least the last past two or three years is Twitch really like people can there have been people within the last two to three years have gotten an extreme level of fame just through streaming on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. and money. Yes, not just money, but fame, I guess, a, a very large follower base. Yeah. And with that comes a lot of accolades. Sure, they, they put in a lot of work previously, but like maybe like uh, three to four years just streaming to no one. But mm-hmm. they were there when the, when, when the opportunity was and yep. it just exploded. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's so saturated now though, that space. Like, it's so difficult to now yes. break in. yeah. Unless you do something really uh, unique. La. yeah. So what do you think lies ahead of us? I'm curious to know both your thoughts. I mean, pandemic, people say, oh, it's we have to chart a new path. Everything's so different. What what are both your outlooks on it? With regard to like content creation or? In general. It's <laughs> a broad question. <laughs> and I don't know how to answer. Yeah. It's very micro. A- any thoughts when, when it first hit? Because it, uh, perhaps it took I can imagine it took everybody by surprise. Everybody going to 2020, we didn't expect, hey, it's going to be a good year. 
We we thought it was going to be a good year, but I think as 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 things started to ramp up and as the scenario started to, I guess, fan out from just like China to like more of a global scale, I think going into it, it's my first conscious pandemic or my first conscious global crisis. Yeah, consciously, oh Same. shit, shit is going down. Same, yeah. yeah, because like the past one, SARS, uh, I was still young. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really understand the 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 the, the gravity of it. Mm. Yeah, but now it's like oh, every other not even day, but every other hour, oh, there's something happening or like a crisis here, like a crisis there, everywhere is a crisis. Yeah, I don't know. Leh. I yeah. Okay, let's start with this. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about let's say for the next a uh, couple months or like a year or two? I'm optimistic for society, but I'm always pessimistic for myself because I'm trying not to get my ego too high. So I always tell myself, ah, be prepared. Ah. This work segment thing might end next month. Then what is going to happen? Mm-mm. But I think society will still come out of it. Lah. Definitely. Lah. I don't think the world Whether you're in the picture is another story. Lah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, I think like pandemics are like forest fires. Lah. Like forest fires are destructive and, and wild. wild and there's always a lot of bad that comes with it, but also it it ecologically is good and the natural thing mm, that usually definitely. just happens. So yeah. corporately and societally, what I think this thing does is that it flushes out a lot of the Toxic, the, yeah. the the rot, uh, mm. a lot of the the stuff that has set in that now this next decade will not be relevant anymore. Mm, mm. So like a lot of, for example, you know, people who are earning a lot of money doing essentially nothing or doing useless things that are yep. all now flushed out. Yep. So they got to either upskill or find another way to be relevant. Uh, but they could have been very comfortable earning, by, uh, yeah. Yeah, earning like 16, 20K, you know, just doing basically not very valuable things for their, their firm. Uh. Mm. I think that's a good thing. You know, like it's, it's good for us because we are still kind of in the in the now, you know. But I also don't know what the next phase is. Uh. I always, mm. we, we talk a lot about what will our demise look like? Of society? No. Singapore. No. Our work salary work women. <laughs> okay, because because <laughs> there, are, there are people that tell us, you know, I, I got a friend whose opinion I really respect and I like the guy a lot and he's yeah. a very good friend of mine. Not Ray Ming. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, we're not, we're not a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> like he's... he's, he's <laughs> what the fuck with my head? Fuck which one? No, he, he, he was telling me like, he feels like we are at a point where we are too ubiquitous, like we're everywhere to the point where it's becoming annoying. Like and this I, platform thing? Yeah, it's a platform and everybody talking. Maybe because he knows me and mm. he tells people he knows me. So people keep telling him about us. Yep. And I can see what that is. Because I also, I mean, uh, there are celebrities that I just don't like. For no fault of their own. It's just they're everywhere. Yep, ah, yep, you're yep. her again, him again. Yep, yeah, like, yep. uh, too mainstream. Uh, they're not. Yeah, yeah, so I understand. Yeah. That's coming for us. But that's not a bad problem to have. La. And I also think about like our our demise. La, like, what is the next phase going to look like? At what point will we become no longer the, the edgy or the new way to do things and we just become, uh, that's the old school stuff. And whether we are going to be able to meet that. At this current time, I still cannot see what there is. At one point, I thought it might be AR, you know, with all the vibe mm, and all that stuff. Yep, but yep, yep. still now, it's not mainstream yet because it's still too expensive. You know, the technology is not quite there yet and it's bad for your eyesight, I think. Yep. <laughs> So I haven't gone into that yeah, but yeah. I think there might be something there. I also don't know and I haven't hedged my bets anywhere. But I love this stuff about how everybody, because of the proliferation of technology and publishing as well, like everybody, like you you have these guys like becoming platinum sellers of music who just make the stuff in their own bedroom yeah. because, you know, technology is affordable. You can yeah. have the digital audio workstations on your computer and churn I mean, out. It used to be something hits. like this. It has to go through like a radio station. It has to go through like a censored 
Uh, he has to fit yeah, whatever. Exactly. Now you can just do it. We can just upload it later. If I got followers on Insta, if some influencer like my music and tweet it one time, yep. that could be enough to launch my my yes. my, lab, my name, yes. you know, as yes. an artist. That's all you need. I think that's a wonderful thing because then it's not pure ideas. And you're taking a lot of this, a lot of these like middlemen like about who you know. Then it becomes, I suppose, like even more on a pure level, like pure talent. How good are you? What do you have to offer? Mm. Because if it's good, right? If it's undeniably good, you can find a way to get it to work. Uh. And I don't think it's perfect yet. Uh. But I mean, like, it's still more about who you know at yep. a lot of levels. But yep. I think it's getting closer to that level. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the question. Cause, uh, <laughs> no, no, no question. You're just talking. Talk we, which one was very enthralling? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I sorry just, I enthralled you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you for being enthralling. So are you an optimist or a pessimist? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, when just considering. I mean, what lies ahead? I think I'm always an optimist, even though like I'm, I also consider myself like quite a realist. Like, for example, I definitely don't think like $1 million is going to fall my lap tomorrow. Like, not. But I think like I'm an optimist because of like the lifestyle choices I've, I've chosen. I think if you live below your means, the world is generally quite an optimistic place. So mm-hmm. for example, like a lot of people I know, like they spend like 3,000, 4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I, I spend like, you know, like less than less than 2K a month. I can probably like outlast the pandemic with my with my savings. Yep, yep. And privilege. Okay, okay, fine. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. All right, okay, not fine. <laughs> this, guy, this guy works very hard. Yeah. But, but you stack it in your favor. La. Yeah, and so because like I have this long horizon or what to do. Like what I have is time. Uh, I can shift and adapt. So even though like I may not be like the smartest or the wisest or the most talented, but I, I, I do have the benefit to think very long and very deeply about certain subjects and how to approach it. And through, through sh- sheer research and like sheer like calculated gambles. I think yeah. humility also. Like humility, yeah. not, not like in your attitude. No, I'm not saying you're cocky either. <laughs> I'm saying like your lifestyle. <laughs> You're, you're not like enthralled. Oh, fuck that word. You're not enthralled by, you know, having the, the nicest car or the nicest sneakers. So yeah. you can keep your lifestyle to a very affordable level. Yeah. So it's like you can, you might not go very fast, but you can go very, very far. Yeah. Right. But on, on, on talking about that, like uh, those those metrics of success, I think growing up, there there's always been a very heavy emphasis on these particular tokens of affluence. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if y'all know about five the, five, the, the five C's and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never really understood that. I never did. And, I think I read something recently that there is a, when this era or maybe we have posted or gone past it where we were in this era of very like individualization. Like it's all about the self. It's all about uh, your, your own um, success, mm-hmm. showing any success, showing this and through the getting and the attaining of this uh, physical, tangible things. Mm. And there is a just, a, just a really heavy narcissistic focus on perhaps certain individuals who have gotten that success and people want to emulate, which goes back to, let's say, all the, the, the guru worship and the culture and everything. I mean, I, 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 I'm very lucky that I'm not a slave to these kind of things. Uh. And it has never really appealed to me to try to impress other people like that. Like, mm. usually what I, I feel shortcomings is like my ability as an artist kind of thing. Yep, yep. I, I, I feel like I, I need to get better because... I need to be a better drawer or yep. whatever, this kind of thing. I'm not better drawers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, drawer. I, got, I, got it. I got the joke. Ikea. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, um, what particular philosophies or I guess mental frameworks have served you all well? Uh, I guess not, not, not just throughout this pandemic, but mm-hmm. I guess growing maybe before work salary, man, or do y'all remember that something changed along the way that helped you, I guess, see things in a different light? 
any come anything come to mind? So I do a lot of like long distance cycling and by choice, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and also hiking. Like before I started cycling. Gotcha. So one of like the packing philosophies of like hiking is to go as light as possible because like the lighter you are, the less tired you'll be. Mm. And I think for me, like I, because I hiked, I mean, the longest trip I did was like maybe like eight days in the wilderness, like alone. Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, just crazy. Have, have you drawn a comic out of there? No. Maybe, I, maybe I think it would be quite interesting. Yeah. Probably would, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you are alone for like long periods of time, you start to realize like how how much like a lot of things that people upsell in society are actually quite meaningless. Mm. So, what, what do you mean upsell? Yeah, so for example, like, let's say when I was in Mongolia like last year. Yep. So if I can cycle like seven days alone and what kept me happy was like the views, mm. uh, just having like finding like a nice little, uh, a stream. A stream? Like, you know. Of like water. A, yeah, stream, stream of water. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like, I think all these things made me happy. <laughs> I realized yeah. like, I, oh, I don't need I don't really need like a big TV. I don't really need like a big ass car. Yeah. I mean, I was just like in the tent watching like Kim's Kim's convenience. Like <laughs> we're thinking of Blizzard. In, in Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you downloaded yeah, Kim's I, I downloaded, Convenience yeah. before. Kim's Convenience season two. I haven't watched season three, but I heard it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking like, yeah, shit is not bad. Like mm. why, why do people need a lot of money to be happy? Mm. So I've, I've kind of like taken that philosophy and applied it to like how, how I, I live in the city as well. Although in the city, like money is important because there's rent to pay. Yep. There's bills to there, there are bills to pay. You know, yep. I do look to my elderly parents. But I think because of the exposure to like nature and realize like happiness isn't derived from material material ones. Okay, I sound like a monk. I know. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. The, the hairstyle fits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but because of this, right? Like it, it definitely it definitely helps me like avoid a lot of uh, pitfalls that a lot of my peers make. Mm. Yeah. I think one philosophy that's helped me a lot or one ability that I think we both happen to have is that we are somewhat workaholics. Uh. We are okay with working quite hard. And and that is very, very useful. Uh. Because uh, I think I've, I've seen a lot of my peers also who don't have that ability. And it's very hard to work yourself out of uh, whatever situation you're trying to work yourself out. Be it 9 to 5 or to clear your debt. What do you mean work yourself out of? Meaning to change your mindset. Either change, change your mindset habit. or change your position in life. Mm. Not to say that we it's a better or worse position. I'm just saying like if I want to pay off my debt, I gotta make an extra effort. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have to crank up my I have to step a bit harder on the pedal, you know. And I have the ability to do that and take that pain. La, mm. At least while I'm still young. La, and I think that's damn important. The ability to take pain la, because only in going towards pain then you will find that that joy that comes later. The ability to take pain. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's all to enjoyment. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very important. If it's enjoyment, just pure enjoyment, right? Without any pain, right? There's like no context. Mm-hmm. So when you don't suffer pain, you don't know what you don't know what is like happiness. Because you know you have nothing to measure happiness against. Mm. So that's why when you like okay, so there was once like I after like a long trip in the wilderness, I took a hot shower. And it was like the most heavenly thing. Cause mm-hmm. like first hot shower in nine days. Oh. Well, you, you cannot imagine how how happy Man. how happy I was. Okay, okay. Compare this to the actual shower I take on a regular basis. Like yep. it's just a you fucking, take it for granted. Yeah, just a fucking shower. Yeah. 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 So pain does, you know, make just put a lot of things in, in perspective. Mm. Could it be like a frequency thing? Like what do you mean? 
just just from the shower thing, you take a shower every day. I would assume if possible, you take a hot shower every day. But just due to the frequency of it being lesser and you take it away and there that that absence of it, then suddenly you have it, then you have that enjoyment again. <laughs> so right? the lesson here is to don't shower. <laughs> shower every nine days. <laughs> and you will love it. You'll be so happy. Who say my top five tips for happiness? Yeah, don't shower. Don't shower every five. It's <laughs> interesting. Um so there's a lot of talk these days about uh, the economy. Hmm. Do you have any, because I'm just curious to know, is the economic system, is it fucked in any way? Well, the Singapore one or what? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm not an economist. Well, I'm also not an economist, even though I've, I've done some reading. Yep. But I think uh, Singapore has done pretty well, pretty well for itself. Like no one can deny that. There are definitely some areas that can be approved and there are a lot of uh, people suffering because of of the of the inequalities in the system yes but my opinion is that we should not wreck like the whole thing right just to change the system completely and affect the lives of like 80% of the people mm. just to help the 20% so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of yeah thing. exactly oh. so yeah. I think we can take like small steps towards that instead of like one quick solution. I think mm. many Singaporeans are like obsessed with the idea of like one quick solution. Like this is the magic bullet that will fix it. It sounds everything. like a communist thing. You know? Great leap forward, one big solution, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you think media could have played a part in that? Why I say that is because um, I would believe people have watched movies mm. and people might have watched a lot of movies and movies are, there is always like um, one big solution. Yes, yeah, there is yeah. like one yeah. big solution. One, one hero, magic bullet, right? one magic yeah. bullet, one hero coming, like yeah. one brilliant and, and turn. It's like when Thor returns to uh, Infinity War. One yeah. moment yeah. that changes it. Like. Yeah. I, I always wonder if something, yeah. like, if, if the proliferation the proliferation of media and us a one thing that, that magical could solution. Be, be. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you don't need the work, but perhaps be. someone else comes, the someone else to come save you. Yeah. 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 But reality is oftentimes a lot more complex than that. Uh. Yes. And yeah. morally ambiguous. Reality so. isn't a plot. Uh. It doesn't yeah, go up not, and yeah. down. Yeah. Up. It's just, yeah. I, I remember when I was in secondary school and like at the end of the, I mean, like, and to me, like I saw O-Levels as like the season finale of my life. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, after O-Levels, I study them so hard. So metal in life. It's them, I do them well. Yep. Yeah. My life is done. After but that, I mean, yeah, after, but then like, it, it opens up. In reality, it, it often isn't like that. Yeah. Uh, even for countries that have like achieved like happiness, like a lot of like the uh Scandinavian countries that Singaporeans like look up to, like, oh wow, Scandinavian country, best in the world, Switzerland, blah blah blah. Like these countries also have problems. So I think Singaporeans have to be comfortable with ongoing state of problems mm. because it would it will never be fixed. I can say that. But what we can do is like start moving like slowly, uh constantly having like that mindset every day. We need to improve it. We need to improve the system. Like this is a Japanese concept called kaizen. What is kaizen? Kaizen is like when you improve like one percent every kaizen, day. Kaizen. Kaizen is Japanese. <laughs> I know. I, I, I think Fu- I'm, I'm a camera person, so Fujifilm has the same concept. Is it? It's, it's about constantly. Uh, that's why they they have firmware upgrades for very very old models. I kaizen sounds like, uh, you know, things. Say, correction, things right? Say, right, wrong. Kaizen. I, then I do kaizen. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's that. Someone related. Small yeah. corrections in green color pencil. Right. 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 Yeah. So uh I think that's the way forward. I don't think it's like an overhaul of the system because like history has shown like overhauls are usually quite quite jealous for everyone. Painful. Like yeah. there was a French Revolution, quite jealous for everyone. Yep. There was like Great Leap Forward. Oh damn jealous for super everyone. Tailored, yeah. 
So, but that's a lot of the yeah. talk these days, though, because I think I think one of the conversations these days, like I think we might have reached the peak of a capitalist society, and I guess it could be a grass is greener thing. Like mm. they see, they they get uh, they they read up on ideas of like let's say communism, socialism, yeah. all these yeah. isms, and it it does paint a very nice picture, but. Not, not the there, books really. I've been reading. Uh. I'm reading one, one book right now called Tombstone. It okay. is about uh, the Great Leap Forward and how many people it killed. Mm. And it is staggering how bad it was. But I don't think it's because of communism per se. Like. It's also because uh, the main issue with the Great Leap Forward as far as I can tell from that book is that they were not able to speak freely and mm. criticize and kai- the, the, the kaizen, yeah. basically. So yeah. if I see something wrong right in the commune, I cannot say actually that's not a realistic but you report estimate. Something else. Yeah, I report yeah. right. They will re- they will say I'm a rightist, you know, capitalist, mm. and then I'll get punished. Yep. So everybody them them everybody keep quiet. Yep. And nobody can actually the upper the upstairs don't know about the problems going on downstairs, yep. and it just goes down like that. So it's a in in great leap forward. Or insincere yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I just kaizen for the sake of it. Like, you know, like when, when you do kaizen, when you do correction, you just look at the answer sheet. Oh, okay. I just yeah, you this. never comprehend why you got it yeah, wrong. You don't really understand place. why. So I guess like that that always leads to problems. When 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 I read or when I when I hear something like that, I always feel that a system can be perfect. But I think the the flaw in it is the the human yes, like the human agree, in it. I agree, yeah. Because I think logically from from what I read about the Great Leap Forward, I think logically it makes sense. But I think it's the humanity in it because of certain systems in place, the, mm-hmm. the human is not will, is not able mm-hmm. to 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 speak be, speak freely because of certain fears of, of, of fear of persecution and all that, or perhaps of his family. That yeah, it, it just there was there was a crack. It started getting bigger and yeah. started getting worse. Yeah. yeah, and I also think like true socialism needs people to be like fucking mature. Mm, agreed. Need, yep. need everyone to like understand everyone's point of view, you know, yes. not demonize yep. other viewpoints. And I think like no society in the world has achieved that. Maybe like a collection of like- Some have gotten closer. Like, yeah. Tribes. Like, like, I think Japan, tribes. Yeah. You know. Maybe like collection of like 30 Buddhist monks. Mm, <laughs> Where everyone like, all oh, Zen. Yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, maybe it's possible in that scenario. Yeah. But when you have like people of like, like 3 million people, 4 million yeah. people of like different backgrounds, like it is impossible. Because like some people will be more convincing than others. They'll be yep. swayed. Yep. They'll be like uh, different fractions. And yep. s- some people are just not emotionally mature to understand different point of views. And I think that is why uh, socialism would... But it's interesting you say that, yeah. like, you know, the death of capitalism. So I also wonder if this is... No, not the death, the peak of capitalism. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is marked by the fact that, I mean, like, a lot of people talk shit about Jeff Bezos and how much he's getting it. Because it's astronomical how much money it's, he has. It's astronomical. It's mind-boggling, <laughs> like, how intergenerational his wealth is, like... Mm. It's not really internet intergenerational. I mean, he he did work for it, but it's just he because did, uh, yeah. of, of the system he've built. No, I mean, like, he has so much money yeah. that I don't know how many oh, lines so, uh, now he settled yeah, already. Uh. Yeah, true, true, true. And like, I also don't know if that's uh, excess or not. Mm. But my thing is just, I'm a, a bit more selfish. Uh. I feel like I don't care how much he earns because if he, for example, creates Amazon and I'm an Amazon seller and I yep. make a lot of money off of that, I don't More care how you yeah. yep. If I can buy the basic necessities I need in life and my spending power goes up, I have the space to do that. I don't care. Yep. That's my kind of selfish position. Uh. I think we are missing something here because like a mm. lot a lot of uh, middle class people say like, oh, fuck, fuck Jeff Bezos. Mm. But who made Jeff Bezos rich? Himself? No, it's the middle class buying stuff. Mm. He became rich because he offered a solution. Yep. And a lot of people who are complaining today, they went to use his services 
And that's how he became rich. Yep. And that's how the Amazon seller became rich. Yep. So if they didn't pro- provide like the demand, Jeff Bezos will just be just just be a regular dude. Yep. So yeah. in a way, like consumerism creates billionaires. And if mm. if there's anyone like to be blamed for like for, for like supporting, for I mean for, for making billionaires, I mean you didn't have to consume that much. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I see people saying stuff like, eat the rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they type it on like uh, the new iPhone yeah, yeah, like iPhone 11 <laughs> a flagship phone yeah right. a flagship phone or like they it, need it, to put monthly payment to pay off yeah, uh, either rich then like oh I'm on I'm on staycation yeah. but I guess that's the paradox we are in today though. I guess with social media with a lot of like there are definitely problems with, in the world yes. there are definitely problems worth speaking out mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that but th- there is also a lot of performative uh, I would say performative activism, especially with companies, because you all talk about, I guess, the 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 core tenants of Wokesire. I mean, that if you guys, if the client wants to do something, you guys will say, hey, no, it, it doesn't fit our narrative. But I can also imagine a scenario where companies are a lot more opportunistic to to just perform like this certain brand of activism. I think the most recent example that comes out is Pepsi and even Blizzard. I mean, mm. Blizzard was mired in controversy last year with regards to certain questionable actions and flip-flopping on the political agenda when they say they are not po- they oh, are, is Blizzard it? is not a political company. So oh. I think it's because of the Hong Kong thing. Oh, okay. okay. So they they someone just said a phrase uh, in support of-, of, MB- of NBA of also got a very big one. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of these companies uh, basically finger-waving or saying, oh, we, we support this. But when, when, when something political is to, to stand up, they don't. They, mm. they back up because of uh, money. So I think it is there's gonna be more of this. Yeah. Yeah. But why do we expect companies to stand up though? Because companies are essentially money-driven pursuits, right? Like yep. Money-driven companies. And I think people are being I have two thoughts about it. I think people are being a lot more conscious as to where they want to put their money. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I don't know, it's mm, because I think the best way to get a company to change or to kind of politically go with your and, and make yourself hurt is to is to make yourself hurt by either choosing to consume or to not consume from them. Mm. Yeah. You just vote with your wallet. That is the most powerful thing the average person can do. You know mm. what I mean? Like I don't support maybe I, I I just don't buy Apple for the rest of my life. If if I like just boycott la. So on the yeah. record, Ring Ringmin's not going to buy Apple for the rest of his life. Just an example. Okay. Yeah, he's using Apple. Yeah, right? but I'm, I'm using Apple. <laughs> yeah. After this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, I not <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so check back in one year's time or check back in, in, in three years time if I'm still using Apple. Like, yeah. Sue me, I go to jail, so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. But do you think, uh, let's say even for the work ceremony, it is important to have a set of morals or a set of tenants for the company to never uh, tread upon because I would assume the the the, the culture that you're set is from you two. You well, two. Honestly, if the money is big enough, I would do a lot of things on it. If you give me enough money, I will <laughs> sell that shit okay. and I will sell out faster than anyone else. And okay. I'm very you have, honest you about that. Really. <laughs> I'm honest about it because I mean, yep. I have my own dream things in life. Like mm. I want to do comics and all that stuff, yep. but I'm not conflating that with money stuff. Mm. I want to make enough that I can go and do my art. Like, maybe gotcha. by then people don't care. Yeah, yep. yeah he sell out on. Uh, yep. I'm not gonna consider, it, but I don't care. Yep. At that point, I just want to make my best effort at mm. doing something cool. Yep. So this thing, I mean, if money is involved, and I see it as a way for me to then be able to do my high art or whatever, I'll take it. Uh. Mm. Well, what about you? Yeah, right? I think for me, I, I always consider like Will Man with like uh, 
a business with like gloves on, you know, like you, you like your your a humane business. Okay. So mm. so I I do think we have like a certain set of morals, but for myself, if I'm not doing it as work ceremony, I am of like waitress view. You know what I mean? Um, oh, but saying that, I think I need a disclaimer. It's not like I'm saying I would choose to, you know, kill people to earn money or whatever lah. You know, no one's saying that. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. selling out lah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. if they give me five mil and then like, they ask me to just step away from the business or we change the business model so that we take on a lot more sponsored content mm. and half of it is not going to be the good kind. That I'm not going to say I'll take five million, but there might be a number out there. It is mm. not, I will not take it. Yep. Really, it's not. You will consider it. I will consider yeah. one. I really would. Yeah, I mean, which is being a super realist. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah, honest. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess for myself, which is why I like differ with Rachel like a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But it's okay. Like, I don't think anyone will buy us for 5 million anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Anytime soon. Oh, I've only yeah. got that problem. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 5 million yeah. buy or not? You only you have that problem. I won't even say 5 million. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, like, what's I mean, the, the values are important and I think mm. because of the values, we, we, we owe our success or like implied success to, yeah. f- to, to some degree because of, of our values. So I, yep. Yep. I think that's very important. We will continue to stick to that. But for me, like if actually I have another company, which is like a, oh. a content agency. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So for that one, right, like I really don't care. Like you want you want me to sell like a Maserati? Yeah, I, I can I can come out with content for you to sell a Maserati. Yep. Yep. But for Wolf Man, because of the the number of like uh people who follow it and the initial goal to create better values with with, with money, right? I think there'll be limits on on what we can do. Yeah. But for a regular business, which the other one that I have, like, I don't really care. A, mo- a bit more loose. La. Yeah, a bit, a bit more loose. Like, you know, like gl- gloves on, gloves off. Yep, yep. Yeah, mm. so like, oh, same is like gloves on, mm. ethical, do the right thing, promote right relationship. Yep. The other one, like, you pay me money, I just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm very curious to talk about uh, some of the, the, the recent articles that you all wrote. Uh, I think two two stands out in particular to me. I think one of them is the letter to millennials. Um, I'm curious to know uh, whose perspective was it? And uh, could you elaborate a little bit on, I guess, the process of that? Because I thought that was quite interesting. It is it is a very, uh, how would I say? Honest, uh, I guess, it views as though it is actually like an older brother like just speaking to you uh, about the the the... the, the, the the, the practicality and the, the 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 realism of the situation, yeah. yeah. A bit like it's, like it's like bitter medicine. Yes. You might not like it, but you need to hear it. Yeah, like. and the illustration quite cute. Because got a lot of throwbacks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think for that piece, we really want to talk about like how devastating COVID-19 is. Hmm. And we all know like when you're young, when you're in uni, you think like, oh, the everything's just going to work, work out perfect. Because like hmm. the... the the narrative we've been fed by our parents is like, oh, you 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 work hard, you find a job, you'll yep. be successful. Yep. But I think we wanted to bring a bit of like uh a, a realism to that. Because like life isn't always uh you know so so smooth. Mm. And I think it reflects like our change in opinion after having been in the workforce for for five, six years. Yep. And also I guess there's also that the element of, you know, uh how uh as millennials, like the older generation always says like, y'all don't know, you, you guys are soft. And I guess we, we we looked at ourselves and thought like, you know, 
yeah, we see why they say we are soft because up to now, there hasn't been a crisis. Mm. But good people are made in, in times of crisis. Like yep. hard times are make, make good people. Yep, yep. And if anyone was going to rise to crisis now, like it would be millennials. We would have to carry, we have to be the carry for like, you know, the baby boomers. Yep. Or like some of the some of our younger siblings who who can't even work yet. Yep. So Or they don't even grasp the the in the the, the enormity and the scale of the thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After all, this is a recession that's like the biggest since uh Singapore became independent. Yeah. So if we can rise to the challenge, we would be one like I mean, there's no way like old people can look at us and say, like, hey, you're soft. Mm. Because we were like, hey, you know what? When COVID 19 was there, you know, we we stood by you. We provide the support. You know, if anyone who, who, I mean, like we're definitely not a strawberry generation. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's that whole like element of trying to disprove uh, older people, which, which I find like very frustrating. Like older myths like, that have been in, I guess, spoken about in just perhaps to people has yeah. been has been told to our generation. Yeah. It's very interesting. I want to branch off to to two separate tangents. I think first tangent. I think I think one of the panel. Uh, I think was talking about happiness and about just finding happiness. Could you elaborate on that and how and why why include that that particular piece uh, of of uh, of writing into it about finding happiness? Yeah. So is it like no matter how much you spend, you, you can't be happy? You, you quoted it better than me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it it goes back to like the example when when I say like I was cycling in Mongolia. Mm. I think I I spent less than like eight hundred bucks on that trip for for three weeks, and really it's about finding that. Uh, Would it be fulfillment? Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, you can find fulfillment without spending a lot of money. And I think uh, as long as you remember that, right, you can go through a lot of, a lot of things in life where you otherwise would not be able to. For example, if someone said, oh, I, I took a pay cut. Last time I, I earned uh, 5K, now I, earn, now I earn 2K. Yep. But if you can remember that, well, I was once happy with $500 yep. and now I actually have $2,000. I mean, sure, your responsibilities will have increased, but you will also have mentally found a way to, you know, actually say like, oh, actually, last time I actually got by on this. I don't really need that new thing to make me happy. Yep. Yeah. I don't really need to live the Singaporean dream to make me happy. Like, this is enough. And I think knowing what is enough uh, will enable someone to go through like quite, quite a lot of like hardship. I, f- I feel like, I, I agree. Uh, but I also think we have to be more descriptive or define the term happiness more yes. carefully because a lot of people gun for that as an ideal. I want to live happily and I actually feel like um, I'm not a psychologist, uh, so if I get this wrong, I'm perfectly okay with being wrong on this. But somebody once explained to me what depression was like, and there, mm. there was a point where I didn't quite understand depression. And I, there was also a time where I believe it was not real. Mm. It was like, you can just feel better, right? I mean, yep, yep. The, and the best explanation I ever got that made me think about it and eventually turned me to it was that um, she said that depression is like um, the climate, but being sad is the weather. So the difference is that, I mean, like it sometimes rains and yep. it sometimes shiny, uh, yep. uh, the, the sun is out. Yep. But the season dictates what the overall weather is going to be like for this period. Mm. So yep. in the same sense, right, I feel like happiness is the weather today. And I can easily go from happy to sad to worry about something. And very little small things can trigger a change in either yes. one direction. Yes. And I'm very neurotic also. So I'm particular, I say neurotic, I'm not neurotic. I'm very... <laughs> easily affected by like one bad comment right it's yeah. erotic to certain people uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not you like, I hope yeah, it's not me yeah okay yeah. so little things can send me up I can, I can just feel down about little things yep. but what makes me able to be positive 
is I feel gratitude. And where does gratitude for me come from? It comes from having, like you said fulfillment just now. It comes from having fulfillment or having meaning in what I do. So I can remind myself, even when I'm feeling down, I can go, actually, my position in life, I've accomplished a lot of the goals I want mm. and I have a lot to be happy about. So this small thing like my Lazada shipment delay, never mind lah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're freaking self-employed. You draw comics for a living. What's the problem here? Yeah, yeah. Then I can come out of that objectively lah. Yeah. So happiness is not the goal for me. I, I want to, uh, we talk a lot about this idea called Ikigai. What's that? So Ikigai is a Japanese concept and I might need some help from, from reading me about this. It is like four overlapping circles in a Venn diagram. Is it okay. Three? three or four, right? <laughs> so you want, you, want, you want these four things and yeah. if you have yeah. all these four things, you are perfect. You're in a good place. Mm. So you want to do something that makes you happy to do it, that you like doing, yep. that um, gives you a, uh, is able to you. sustain your lifestyle, pay you, yep. yeah, and uh, that the world needs. And then I think one more, eh? So yeah. I can it pays you. You like doing it. Yep. The world needs it, and you're you good at it. Good at it yeah. mm. uh, so these four, you're done. And I feel like the work ceremony is my state of ikigai. Mm. And whenever I'm down about something stupid, which is very liable to happen, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. You know, cockroach appear in the corner. Ah, oh, yo. <laughs> Wow, that, that like, gets you down. Yeah, I just, really, I'm very easy I to... I just get my cat to cure it. Uh, you got cat, I know your cat. Pokemons, yeah. Next time, yeah. I'll lend, lend you next time. Here's my cat, you can have it. Like very small things, you know, crack a bit on the floor, like, oh, yo, I, I just got this tile. Mm. And then I can remind myself, hey, but I'm okay, I'm got a lot of regretful for it. Okay, yeah. lah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think uh, Rachel and I have been trying to cycle around Singapore Oh, you have been trying to convince him to no, cycle? No, we have been cycling around okay, Singapore. Okay, okay. I think like once three every times, month. Uh, three times, yeah, three so times. Far, so cute. Yeah. And I think like on one of the trips, like I, I remember asking Rachel, like, hey, if, if you die, if you die like suddenly oh, yeah. today, right, will, like, will you be, will you be happy? And I think like we both answered like, uh, I mean, to some degree, like, I mean, I answered something like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be quite happy because like I've, I've seen a lot of things. I've been to a lot of places. I have, uh, I have a project that I'm proud to, to call my own. Yeah. Like, I, I may not be like, super rich mm. but uh, recently I even started to like man, man the relationship with my parents mm. and like these are things that uh, people often take for granted so like I think it's that feeling of like satisfaction and sometimes you just have to like look within yourself like honestly oh have you like are you happy with, with the life you've led and yep. you should just be like what we should say be more grateful for the for the things that you have so yeah, yeah. And if not, then what are the steps you can take to then now, you know, yeah. be happier so that if you just die tomorrow, you yeah. have... So for example, I think like three years ago, like if I if I die, I'll be like quite, quite unhappy because like mm. I I would have worked in a... I would work in, in a job like I, I didn't really believe. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have like uh, fixed the relationship with my parents. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't have like... Cause, cause last year I actually went on a trip with my dad and like I talked to him, talk, talked to him through about like our, wow, our, our history. You know, what I mean, yeah, some yeah. of those father son trips. Yeah, yeah, and like I think this this year after like uh talking all that through, you know, uh finding more about him and his past and why why he felt a certain way, expressing mm, my mm. point of view, like, hey, you know, actually I'm sorry, last time I did this. Wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, it's all like confronting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. Things. yeah. So, so I mean, I just thought like, after after that I was like, okay. If like a, a truck that come hit me like suddenly yep. one day, like, yep. yeah, I'll, I'll be- It's a very non-Asian thing to do yeah. that you did. Yeah. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Mm. Yeah. And I think as long as your life is like that at any point, and I think you can find it at any point. Yep. Like I think it's, it's great. 
I mean, of course, you don't wish to be hit by a truck. Of but, course. You know, yeah, you just optimize your life to yep. do what you can at the moment. And mm. it's not about chasing some far away goal. It's about yep. like immediate uh, what you can do within your within your reach. Yeah. Mm. I'm curious to know, like, um, like like for both of you with the with the perspective that you guys have now, is it do you attri- attribute it to um hindsight? Like you got to this age and you have the maturity or you've been through everything and you all realize and you have the self awareness. Do you think awareness is something that you guys have, have slowly built up along? Like like let's say for for Remy, you just said about the job and you realize, hey, something's wrong. I don't know if it's like a you something that let build up along the way, like slowly and you realize that you reach just like a peak, you say, hey, this is not working. And the same thing with your dad. Yeah. Because I, I do believe this this being growing up in Singapore myself, this is not something like you say, this is a very non-Asian thing to do. Yeah, and yes. I guess it, perhaps for our generation, there, there is more of a, like a need to confront. There's a need to face it. And with the, the idea of confrontation, it's not easy. I would imagine talking to your dad about him being a parent, you having done things to him and he having done to me. I don't think things are easy. So I think, I think my, my question is if you could uh, distill it or if you could, t- could talk about what have, what, what are the questions that you guys have asked yourself that have helped you like on this journey, perhaps is to defining happiness, defining like uh, this term such as success, defining all these certain boundaries or even to start on that particular journey. I think for me, it is more about the idea of being able to listen to something you disagree with and to objectively process it and curate it. I'm not talking about just wholesale believing everything that everybody tells you. Then mm. you just believe the latest thing that was told to you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But you always have to be able to hear the other side out and actively seek it out. Because, you know, you were talking earlier about how echo chambers, you know, like mm. it's so easy for me to find all the specific little pages on Facebook that go with my particular slant. Mm. I purposely am subscribed to a lot of things that I hate. Actively Just like to hate. check myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a blind spot. Like upworthy. I hate upworthy. Mm. I I despise almost <laughs> everything they put Do out. You, could you able? Are you able to share why you dislike them? Because right, I feel like a lot of the stuff they put out is so agenda driven, mm-hmm. and the worst thing is that they do it under the guise of positivity. I hate that is so it toxic much. Toxic positivity. I think that's a term that has I, been I don't even want to get around. started on, on, on and there's there's a thousand things like that that I'm subscribed to also yep. on, on, on Facebook <laughs> and I won't even say what because yep. I don't want to get cancelled yep, not yep. now yep. <laughs> no, no. in five years when we do that five million whatever you know then I, yeah, I come out and say I hate this, I hate this. <laughs> yeah so, so but I'm subscribed to it and I always try to give them the ability to change my mind that is mm. so important yep, yep and I still struggle with that because I get so emotional sometimes and sometimes like, you, you see the sauce, right? Then you were like, you feel the, my inner heart like, oh, love it, this sauce <laughs> yeah. must be bad one. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'm wrong. Like, like, actually, I agree with that. Or sometimes I, I hate it, but I like, why do I hate it? Like, am yep. I objective here? Yep. And I have to check my, myself every day. So I will not say like, I've come to some kind of enlightenment because I still have to fight my inner heart day mm. in, day out on a lot mm-hmm. of things, but I'm better. Lor. Yep. And I also have some addictions that I'm trying to fight, like gaming, for example. Mm-hmm. It eats up so much of my time sometimes. Mm. But I mean, we are flawed. La, and I, we are work segment, but I made a lot of stupid purchases that I regret even now. Mm. I'm just better at it, mm. you know? And also we are tempted the same way that a lot of people are, you know, titanium bikes, you know, we were talking yeah. about. Just now we went to a bike shop and then like, <laughs> there was like a 6,000 titanium bike. Yeah, and, and we then- were like rationalizing. I just went, well, I mean, it's... <laughs> A bit more money, but it lasts longer. Like, 
<laughs> so we fight these things day in day out. It's not yeah. like work ceremony while we perfect now. We never spend money. Right? It's not the case. Yeah. So I was telling him like, I, sh- I want to write something about how I put off buying my dream bike for like five years. And this fucker can afford it. Yeah. I know you can afford it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so I mean I just thought to myself like, okay, why do I want this bicycle? Like, no. Do I really need it? It costs like six times six times more than my current bike. Yeah. Will it make me cycle six times faster or six times stronger? Like, I will not. That's what I did. But then like so it sounds very rational and I put it away, right? Yep. And tomorrow like, I'll come out like, hey, should I buy that six times? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so even yeah. I, you know, go through go through that uh uh internal struggle also. Yeah. So we're not perfect now, I guess. Eh? Maybe mm, yeah. maybe that's the answer. Yeah. La. That is constantly a work in progress. Like yeah. Kaizen, uh, Kaizen, Kaizen yourself. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with what Richard said. So when I see something I disagree with, I'll like, when, when, I, when I get angry, I'll realize like, hey, you're getting angry. Mm-hmm. Then like, I'll say like, okay, why are you getting angry? Then like, is it because of, of, of the person? Is it because of the message? Okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, do I, why do you agree? Like, why do you disagree with this person? And then I'll yeah. try to imagine myself as the person who said it and why he would think that way. And I'll try to like build a case for that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's mentally very exhausting. Right? It, is. it is exhausting. It's yeah, exhausting. definitely. But I think like doing that has helped me uh, kind of straddle, you know, both both sides and and be more empathetic to people. Like for, some, for example, when people say like, uh, well, the system is un, like unequal. Unfair. Yeah, yeah, unfair. And I can see that because yeah, the system is is unfair. Like, uh, some people are treated worse off than, than other people. Yep. And I, I see that and I empathize with that. Yeah. But at the same time, I've also, you know, I also empathize with like the other side who like, you know, maybe they uh, they have found success despite their uh, disadvantage. Yep. And this ability to to see both sides, like, you know, ensures that I won't become a person that say like, oh, the poor people are just fucking lazy. Yeah. And I think mm. that's someone that I definitely do not want to be. Yes. Please don't cut off people are fucking lazy and like, you know, no context. <laughs> I will like, I will sue you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it's more like, poor people are not lazy, mm. but we will need to work harder to overcome our circumstances. Mm. Might not be work harder, it might be work smart. Yeah, work harder. Yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for pointing out. So yeah, yeah. it's about like, a working harder, working smarter. Yep. Uh, playing your cards yeah, playing, right. Playing your cards yeah. right. So once again, poor people are not lazy. Uh, don't, don't worry about the cutting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely are not. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. that, that segues to the, the, the second article I want to bring up, which was, I think, I think the title was uh, 1997 was the dark time for my father. Uh, could you just elaborate a bit on that? Because I think it, it ties in nicely to uh, what you just talked about, all these different skills. It's not about working harder. You can work as fucking hard as you yep. can, but um, circumstances play a thing. Yep. Uh, opportunity plays another thing as well. And, yeah, Luck. please please elaborate a little bit on the article for people who might not have read it and whose perspective was it from? Yeah, sure. So the article, I mean, sorry, that comic, which was like 1997, was a with my father. It's actually a story about my dad. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, so after your talk, then you realize yeah, 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 that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I also realized like as a man in his like 40s, like mm. he had a lot going on also. Sometimes we imagine our parents as like... Perfect beings. Mm. I was like, oh, some adult, he got, got, got everything sorted out. But mm. then in retrospect, you realize like, hey, fuck, actually... He's like me, but because he grew up in this era, he think this way. Yep. yep. So uh, that definitely helped. I mean, I'm not sure what the question is, but I, I can touch briefly on like what I think uh, helps success. And I think I was talking to Richard, I think it's four factors. Mm. And the four factors are privilege. I mean, yep. we cannot run away from privilege. Yes. That's definitely very important. Some people get by on privilege alone, mm. right? Then there's hard work. Hard work is like the effort you put in. So when you lack privilege, you put in hard work. Yep. However, just now as you mentioned, right, hard work alone 
That's oh, not guaranteed success. Yeah, that's not guaranteed success. So that's why you need distinction. So distinction is kind of mm. like your ability to differentiate yourself from others. So for example, uh, let's say I be a doorman. I can work fucking hard as a doorman, but will it make me like, you know, successful in a financial way? Not really. No. But if I'm able to differentiate myself, to, di- to distinguish myself through certain skills, right, it will allow me to uh, earn more money yep. and achieve financial success. So yep. that's the third factor. The last factor I feel is, is luck. Mm. Because sometimes people work hard, they work smart, and they still don't make it in life. And we just have to be okay with that. Mm. Because that's just that's just how, how life works. Uh, and also, if you imagine like life as like throwing a dice, right? Mm. So you might not always throw a dice on the six. You, no, you, of course you, not. Yeah, you can't guarantee. Yeah. However, through hard work, you can throw the dice like fucking 100 times until you get a six. Mm-mm-mm. Through distinction, you can learn how to throw the dice <laughs> and, and get a six, like yeah. increase your percentage. Yep. And uh, the last one is like through privilege, right? You can throw dice all, all you want and like you don't need to go work and, and, and mm. stuff. So all three add up, but privilege, uh, distinction hard and work. hard work, like these three things expose how luck uh, plays an uh, impact in your life. And like that kind of like determines how lucky you are. Yeah. Yeah. Pure, pure, pure luck would be like you strike a lottery. Yes. But if you don't have the network, uh, you don't have the ability to make money out of it, chances are you just blow it. I feel like luck, luck, the, 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 the metric or the, the, the variable of luck isn't really talked about with regards to success. Yeah, they always like to talk or romanticize really the amount of hard work. Uh, yes, even the network. But I think I, I don't read a lot about luck. I think mm. people mm. really don't say, oh, I just, I got really lucky. But I think very, very important to, to also say that people sometimes do create their own luck. They are in preparation. You don't see the work. They yeah, are in yeah, preparation. Yeah. You kind of have to be prepared. You cannot just don't prepare. Yeah. 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 I mean, in their defense, right? Is, I mean, usually you ask this question is you're supposed to give like actionable advice. Hmm. How are you going to tell people like, oh, it was luck? Then like, the advice isn't actionable. Mm. And what's the value you give yeah. to the person? So, Naturally, everyone will say hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it's damn natural. Yeah, yeah. Like, hard work is very appealing because yeah. everyone can do hard work. Yep. Yeah. That, that's that's, that's yeah. why a lot of people say hard work, but I actually think hard work is a bit overrated because a lot of people work damn hard and they make barely anything. Mm. It does not guarantee it. It helps if you multiply it by some of the other cards that Rimming mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I think these days, it is a prerequisite for success. You definitely need to work hard. But I don't know if you inherit it. I mean, okay, la, I mean, I, I assume you start off as like average person. Yeah, you you definitely need to work hard. It's the prerequisite. Then you multiply that with like. Multiplies them well. Then la, you yeah. multiply that with luck. Mm, then privilege. you have a chance. Like, yeah, mm. I mean, of course, you privilege. You lucky. No, you privilege. You work hard. You distinguish yourself. Then, then you you deserve success. La. I mean, Mm-mm. not deserve the you, equation. Yeah, la, yeah, you will get success. Mm-hmm. So. If you like, like, if, let's say your privilege is like a, a nine. Yeah. Then you. <laughs> That's stats. No? Yeah. Stats, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let's say your privilege is a nine. Yeah. You only need to work hard, you know, uh, like give a three for hard work. Yeah. It's nine times three, 27. Yeah. That's not bad, Fucking nice. Then after that, no, but then like maybe like uh, for distinction, right? Maybe because of your privilege, you can distinguish yourself really well. So maybe yep. that's like a 10. Yeah. Right? yeah. Then, 270. Yeah, really, and yeah. then you can keep doing it. Very, very mathematical. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> But let's say your privilege is only like one. Yeah. Is them tia lah. You need to multiply by something yeah, then else. You multi- yeah. Then you make your hard work a 10. You make your distinction a 10. 
then hopefully luck you know, works out for you. Yeah, I also think luck is like an X factor. Like we, we cannot predict when it will come, right? But no, you can definitely. maximize your opportunity of absorbing it when it does come. Because a lot of times, like, like um, I mean, uh, before Works I Remember, I also have my own comic page called Chunzot, right? Mm. And I went viral a few times, uh, but to monetize it and then to quit my job from it, not mm. going to happen. Uh. So not to say that I didn't do anything, uh, but that was not, not my intention anyway. And also doing Chunzot earlier helped so that when we started Works I Remember, like, I just could roll with it. Yeah, really like, I already yeah. done the requisite work that I don't have to make so many mistakes. But to not have the prerequisite stuff and then when luck comes, you also cannot do much with it. Mm. So so I think it also comes with you needing some of the other cards to be able to take advantage of luck. Yeah. Interesting. Um, In a previous podcast episode, I talked to uh, someone who runs an entrepreneur school. So he's one of the educators there and he mentioned something about people in ASEAN, in the other regions of uh, ASEAN being a lot, a lot, a lot hungrier than yes. Singaporeans. We I talk agree. about that a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we kind of talked and we kind of agreed upon the fact that within the next 10, I think within the next decade or the next two decades, like if, I guess he, he did mention that if the youths are not um aware of this thing and, and, and if the youths don't travel and make relations like that, that particular fact will hit us like a ton of bricks because- they are hungrier and according to him, there are people, let's say for like coding, even things like coding and programming, there are people that get that can do things a lot better than the people here and at a fraction, fraction of the price. Yeah. And I think that is something that it's I guess has, has, has been slowly coming. happening. Yep. Like people have been sourcing jobs to not just production jobs, yeah. but just even hard skilled labor to uh, cheaper places such as mm. uh, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, Philippines, all that because they are talented. Talented, hungry. I mean, as an employer, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What thoughts do you have? What, I guess, advice? Is it just really just about being aware? Because I think the 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 the, the previous guest did mention about how there is an initiative currently in Singapore for uh, Singaporeans of the future to be more uh, global, global in a sense where you're more uh, traveled, you're like the mediator between, uh, I guess, uh, different, different cultures, ASEAN and the world world and ASEAN. Do you all, Perhaps agree with that statement. Right, I, I wanted to be an animator when I graduated, right? and I and I trained in it. I got my my masters is a like a masters in animation, right? Mm. And I'm not doing animation. The reason I'm not is because in Singapore, right, the production animation in particular is a job that is very labor intensive, right? It is just not possible to do it here because mm. you can get like you say a Filipino and Filipinos are really good for a fraction it's ridiculous how cheap they are per hour or per second of animation fun fact a lot of the western animations like Rick and Morty um, yep, recently made like they outsource to South yep, Korea they yep. outsource to ASEAN countries South Korea Malaysia is as well. quite a premium one yep. but you talk about your Philippines your India yep. uh, Indonesia it is crazy the level of competition that you're going to face so some things in Singapore you cannot do a lot of game game publishing companies they have very very strong strong strongholds in Malaysia as well mm, to, to, mm, to mm. produce the games yeah. Yeah. yeah you just need labor and and what Singapore has is right now I think good currency exchange so a good play for Singaporeans I always feel right like if I was really trying to give people advice is to like 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 the person you interviewed said like really understand what Southeast Asia is like because Southeast Asia is going to search after China mm. And you want to take advantage of this and be positioned there when the search happens because I, I, I don't know what Singapore will look like after that because 
Singapore in particular is a city state, meaning it's expensive to live here. Yep. Then there's not many places you can retreat as a backwater part to go and live cheaply and be a craft artisan. Mm. I would love, I would have loved that graduating. Trust me. So we got to, you know, really understand what's out there and understand how we can leverage our current advantage. And I say we, but I'm not Singaporean. (laughs) <laughs> know, but maybe we, we accepted you like we accepted yeah, you maybe Singaporean can say also <laughs> so, better so, so like what we should say like Singapore is a city state and a city state has like unique problems that a lot of people don't understand what do you mean imagine like New York so now imagine New York has to have its own military uh, New York has to have its own water mm, mm, mm. would it still be New York no lah it will be a different country it will not it will not, will not right <laughs> yeah so for example like I think recently uh, one of my friends from Hong Kong you know I said, hey, why, why are you protesting like so, yep. so intensely? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he said like, oh, you Singaporeans do not know what it's like to stand up for something you believe in or like defend your country. That's was, a general consensus. Yeah. Like, I was like, like, hey, bitch, I served NS for two Whoa. years. <laughs> I know how to fire a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I defend my country in my yeah. own way. Yeah. And, I'm, and why Hong Kong is unable to be independent? It has no military. Mm. Like, can declare independence one day. China march in the next yeah, day. They just invade. Yeah. Then like, oh, square one. <laughs> right. And yeah, like, true. But that's very true. Yeah. And like, who gives Hong Kong water? Also China. Mm. So naturally, uh, as a city state, like Singapore has, has its own challenge. Yep. Like, other, other territories have shown us like, how hard is it to be a city state? And I think, how Singapore has got so far right, is to be, to be super pro business. Super pro business, super rich friendly, yeah. low taxes. Yep. And these are actually the things that ensure most Singaporeans have, have a comfortable life. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like I hate to say it, but like this is one of the few places that Singapore can do as like a city state with limited resources. Yeah. Like if I was living in the US, I'll be all for minimum wage. I'll be all for uh, UBI. Mm. Why? Because the US can afford it. Mm-hmm. But as a Singaporean, I work with what I have. Like one, like, like I, I play my cards. I do not have the natural resource cut. Yeah. Yep. If I you do, look at the, yeah. the meta of country yeah. play, there are not a lot of strategies that Singapore can go out and try. Yep. There's only these few yeah. things. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know if you play like uh, a, a Dota or something. Yep. So like, for some hero, you can only do this one build, right? Yep. And yep. it's the most effective build. Yep. Yeah. Singapore is something like that. You can fuck around with other builds, but in the end, at the end of the day, if you want to win a championship or a tournament, you will go to that yeah, yeah. build naturally. That yeah. and the yeah. meta dictates it as, yeah. as this mm. way. And for Singapore, right? Like, we are damn fragile. I don't know if people realize. Fragile, fucking yeah. Like, I think some some Singaporeans who uh, I mean some some Singaporeans will think like, oh, we are superpower. Why can't we just pay? We are superpower. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they think Singapore is damn big. We got but, own gun. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you just need like twenty one. You just need a, a reality check, like when, uh, when China confiscated like the, the tanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big wake up call, and I and I think like not enough not enough people uh pay enough attention. Yeah. Like, privileges can be taken away from Singapore like yeah. just like that. Mm. Yeah. Everything that, and really like, the paranoid survive. If we were not paranoid, we would not have survived. Like, say what you will, I think this is something like I, I stand by. And I feel like the moment we are not pro-business, we are not competitive, Singapore will just fade away. We could collapse like, in 20 years. And collapses usually are quite fast. Yeah. 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 You take fucking long to build up, but it takes very, very short amount of time and very, very few bad decisions can lead to the, yeah. to the collapse. Yeah. And so people can say, uh, a lot of friends that I know mm. who are, who have migrated to Western countries, mm. 
I mean, they can go and say, oh, Singapore should do this, Singapore should, mm. should do that. But they inherently like don't, don't understand what, what Singapore is. And, and collapse doesn't even mean like militarily you annex yeah. the place, it right? Could, it could be irrelevant. Like, or it could mm. be that, you know, you, you have no choice but to accept this kind of bad foreign investments and then suddenly your like more than half your state is owned by, you know, outside mm. foreign, yep. you know, powers. Yep. So imagine what Sarah Man as like, uh, as like so a, as a country, as a country, you know, like, <laughs> no, we had to grind hard to preserve our independence. Mm. We had to work after hours <laughs> to not be influenced by a sponsored post. Yeah. Mm. Singapore has kind of, kind of do it. They have to make the hard decisions so that it remains relevant as, as a city. Early on, yeah. yeah. I mean, there'll be a lot of people who say, hey, no, la, you're just sitting paranoia. But a lot of these people have also moved overseas or they're relatively wealthy. It's very easy then for a move overseas. Yeah. But like, survival is key for Singapore. Like, no matter what era we're in, even if Singapore survives into 2050, I, I, I hope it does. Yeah. Like survival will still be key then simply because we are a small, small city state. I think this bridges in nicely into the article that you all just posted today with regards to, uh, I think the article was about the changes in media. Yeah. About how, I guess, when the internet came, I, uh, the newspaper, uh, the, the, the printing business was still a bit hesitant to, to acknowledge even the change. And I think when it mm. came, it just just sunk them according to the comment yeah yeah. it comes slowly at first yeah. and then all at once yeah so and, and then that's what we see like in Singapore nowadays right like mm. we do know change is happening like you can sense it lah. yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, labour from other countries is getting cheaper yep. people are getting better yep. I will argue that these are the slow signs of like a tsunami of change mm. so Singaporeans have maybe like a good 10 or 20 years to wow. to let's scream yeah, to, to, really, grim, yeah. to really like take advantage of everything, use all our resources to stay ahead. Mm. Or we can just be complacent and say, oh, you know, we should just be, uh, we should just slow down, relax, relax a little bit. Mm. So if we boil this one into actionable terms, right, I will also say we need to get young people in Singapore to really figure out how to contribute value and get paid for that value and, and be able to create something that is unique, not uniquely Singapore, uniquely valuable on an international level so that wow. your offerings are are compelling enough that it will stand up alongside everybody else around the world and you will get that project or get that bid yeah. or be able yeah. to make money in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you want actionable steps, like I think I got like a few. Like one, you can upskill yourself. I know, I know, I know it sounds like a, Is I, it a sponsor by SkillsFuture? No, it's not a sponsor podcast. <laughs> it's not a sponsor post, but really do the, create, have the skills that uh, someone in Southeast Asia can't, can't replicate. Mm. I mean, every day that skill set becomes slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. But I believe Singaporeans with their, their, their relatively comfortable standard of living, mm-hmm. there is room for, there is still room for that. Yes. So upskill yourself like ridiculously. Definitely. You build wealth here and you invest in in, in other mm, in, in mm. other because wealth never generally doesn't expire you know what I mean it, it, it doesn't become irrelevant like for example like if you're rich today you reach 30 years like you're still rich like, you know what I mean next one is to like go to other countries do business there so you own the companies mm. so you this is very bad but you turn their people into wage slaves before they turn you into wage slave <laughs> oh hello <laughs> controversial <Damn. laughs> you know what I mean but I guess you're investing in the company you're, you're investing in the country isn't it yeah exactly yeah so is to go there and but won't people like say that, hey, why you start business elsewhere then you hire other people but don't hire locals yeah but don't don't, don't care them what mm. what have they done to so in your ideal it would be like Singapore is a nation of bosses yeah right because mm. I think that makes sense yeah because uh, 
how else will we justify the high salary we pay ourselves? Yeah, because you can't beat them by labor. You can't beat them by price. Yeah. yeah. Like an accountant in Singapore get paid 5K. In, yeah. in, in Malaysia, they get paid like 1K. How, how to justify if you're not a boss? Yeah. You oh. cannot justify. Are you five times better? Are yeah. you really yeah. sure yeah. you're are five, you, times, are you five better times better? Than well, if that's, is, is that the reality? Or like, is that just a number you just threw out? Okay, I, I do know her salary in Singapore is around 5K. Yeah. And I do know that in Malaysia, the standard of living is slightly lower, but people are paid uh, I mean, people are struggling day to day, so it's yeah. an estimate. But I, I do think it's around like. Also, oh, I've oh. reviewed. I've reviewed in my past job. I've reviewed uh portfolios. Yep. And really, uh, you can see uh, for a fraction of the price uh, the quality is uh very scary uh. I won't. Say, I in the end, we still hire Singaporean uh. Yep. But it's really it's coming. Uh, I really think so. It's for certain coming. fields, like you mentioned coding. Yeah. Wow, the the Vietnamese yep. coders are really good. Yep. Bridges into my next point. What. When, when you look at, I guess, not even next 10 years, but the next five years, what are the particular sectors, sectors do you think? Sexes. <laughs> the, the, the particular Male, sectors. Female, the, they, them, zim. <laughs> yeah, the particular sectors um, that, are, that might be affected because I think media has changed already. You are never going back to just using newspaper or TV. That's yeah. never, I think yeah. that's one thing that's very interesting about progress. It is moving faster and it's one track. We're never going to mm. go back to snail mail. You can do it for fun. Uh, but email or even the next one, like integrated, that talks about uh, neurological implants and stuff like that. But that is oh. in the near future. It's, ne- it's never going back. Mm. Same thing about, uh, with let's say movies and streaming. I mean, the movie- Not in the be- same way. I might come back as a novelty, but not as a, as a fucking like a no, main Not like force. a func- functional yeah, mainstream yeah. Yes, user. Exactly. Like yeah. everyone was suddenly using Polaroid again in 2010. Yeah, yeah. I think Zoom is also one thing. Suddenly- within because of this because of necessity and functionalities yes. everybody started using Zoom and yeah. I guess now quote unquote is like the the, the, the the main thing to use it has become the action word like hey I zoom you later yeah I think one right, like Skype what happened to Skype <laughs> yeah. it's not Zoom eh? what the hell because Skype was a shitty platform exactly yeah people use Discord Discord I think Discord just took the the, the, the reins with the rest of gaming and yeah. Skype has had market share for a very long time yeah but, but they it's a shitty it. platform shitty yeah so I think Uber, Grab, same thing. So maybe we're like a Skype now. We have a great, I mean, we have like some dominance, but we're kind of not used, we're kind of like squandering away. Mm. Like, when you say we, what are you talking about? Singaporeans, yeah. Oh. So like, yeah, maybe our people are very well-traveled. Maybe mm. we we fly to the Western countries. Yep. We fly to Europe, but we don't learn from, we don't learn from that. We just go there, oh, it's a nice avatar. Oh. You know what I mean? Or, or they go to Indonesia, they don't see how, the, Jak- the Jakarta people are working. Yep. But you go take a picture of like, I don't know, like some beach in Bali. Yep. So you can travel a lot, but you can but you can travel a lot and still not be worldly and still not be exposed. Yep, yep, definitely. So you should be exposed to the world, not tourist attractions. But mm. it, I guess it really is dependent on the mind at how he perceives, or I guess the intention and the purpose as to why you're even traveling in the first place. Yeah, so which is important, like you go back to selling ideas. Mm. Back, back to what we said like, earlier yep. on this discussion yeah so if we can change the ideas you can change like the mindset of like Singaporeans yeah I think we do have a shot in these 10-20 years to have some real change instead of like just talking 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 and like yeah. nothing is done yeah. I think I think one of the worst things would be like five years later we let's say we do have a conversation again we're still talking about the same thing but nothing has yeah, changed yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like oh fuck guys <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so industries, I think like some industries in Singapore like still work. I think, uh, I think let's say for for yeah. an example like production, I, I, I some things do do get produced in Singapore. Production is a lot 
outsource to Indonesia, China, and we go through the trouble of getting them shipped in because unfortunately cost is still cheaper. It is mm. a lot more expensive to, to get something produced. Let's say t-shirts or merchandise or whatever. It is still outsourced. Yeah. So let's say production and let's say technology. Mm. I think technology is paving the way to the future. Yeah. I guess coding would be an integral. I think students are kind of learning it right now. And when they grow up, it is it's an integral part of, I guess, their their their, their vocabulary, just in talk, terms of that. Yeah. Do you all foresee any other sectors? I think there's a lot of talks about uh I think uh with just regards to not even like uh ASEAN but uh, digitalization, I think like they are saying like insurance, all these like a lot of jobs, like it will slowly face because there's a lot of uh favor towards yeah. uh robotization and stuff like that. So I think like some things Singapore still got chance, like banking and finance, mm. because uh, that relies heavily on the government. Okay. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I watched, yes. Before it, was, before it went to shit in uh, season. Well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So there's this place called like Bravos. The Bank of? Bank of Bravos. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Iron, Iron Bank, yeah. Yep. So people go there to the bank and they, they borrow money. money. Yes. Yeah, and the bank is, is very profitable. And this is a system right, that has created without any natural resources. You know what I mean? Mm. So Singapore can do that. We can always be a financial center because of pro-business policies that make it like a hub for the rich. Yep. So that is something that I feel like a lot of countries can't replicate simply because uh, maybe like the, the government, scale of the yeah, the government is, is, is set up differently yep. or like there are certain demands by, by the local populace. Yep. So I think as long as Singapore maintains like a strong and like transparent pro-business government that will still serve us very well for for, for some time yep. until some disruption can ch- changes that too but yep. hopefully by then we go move on to the next thing already manufacturing is actually another one so it's true that a lot of cheap goods are manufactured in, in China but because of COVID-19 uh, people want to diversify away from China people realise that yeah, yeah. yeah and I do think like I think some guy who was a PAP MP once once? Yeah. <laughs> Only one time. <laughs> Only one time. <laughs> Kelvin Cheng. No, once as in last time. Yeah. Oh, last time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he said like, there, there's a chance for us to uh, go back into manufacturing. Mm. But what kind of manufacturing? So, so, so more, more high-end goods. Like, like Zeiss lenses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Right. Mm. So I know in Taiwan, they, where they make a lot of bicycles. Yep, okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. And it's the bicycle production of the yep, world. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, S- Singapore, you know, like we have higher standard of living compared, compared to to, to Taiwan like slightly more expensive but like there's no reason why we we can't take on something like some other niche role understand, like understand. Yeah. why can't we be the electronic bicycle manufacturer of the world I know Taiwan is the I believe one of the top manufacturers of I think microchips like computer technology yeah uh. and I think Singapore used to be that also mm. but they, they let go a little bit mm. uh, I think I think quite a lot <laughs> yeah in the 2000s yeah. but I think there's still quite a large skewed workforce skewed in manufacturing and this is a chance to kind of like resummon them, you know what I mean? But I guess if we're not aware and we're not capitalizing on it, because it's a workforce, I would assume they're old to a certain degree. If we don't capitalize and we don't perhaps teach like a younger generation, it would just be lost. Then we have to hire people back from yeah. overseas to teach us what we perhaps already knew, mm. then to restart the thing again. And this yeah. whole thing, maybe 10 to 15 years, then it's it's like one of the cards you play, it's like yeah. it might be too late already. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like I said, like 10 or 20 years, I think that's the window that we have. Mm. for us to secure our survival because right now yeah it's a bit it's a bit shaky yep. but I mean I can also argue that a lot of other countries are also pretty shaky themselves <laughs> mm. 
So the way the way for Singapore for is to continue to be a place where the most talented and the brightest come to work, come to come to live. Yeah. But to do that, right? Your average citizen has to level up like God knows how many yep. times. Oh, I think one one of the next questions I'm leading to. So we talk about let's say if we play the card of like the, the, the Bank of Bravos, we attract the rich to yep. I guess invest in the country. What about the middle and let's say even the lower class? What can they do? Yeah. So really like I think in any other country, right? The city is full the city has always been a very harsh place for the poor to live. Mm, always. Yes. Yep. New York is a harsh place for even oh, yeah. New York, right? Like yes. a lot of homeless people, right? Yeah. It smells like shit, dude. <laughs> hey, don't say that. That's a that's the not lights are very bright, but the shadows are fucking no, but, yeah. dark. So, so yeah. it's a dream where people yeah. like it's a place where people grind, yep. and then those who fall just fall, just fall yep. suddenly along the yep. way. Agreed. Singapore, I think for a city, right? Singapore is quite uh humane. Mm, like agreed. the poor are not homeless, definitely. Mm. But the problem is that the poor in Singapore can't go anywhere else. Like if I'm poor in New York, I can go to shelter. Uh no, like Wisconsin or I mean like one oh, of those okay, okay. cheaper states to, yep. to live in. Yep. Singapore, we we don't have that option. Malaysia. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of people. Well, a lot of things are very different there. Yeah. Like, laws and it's not different. it's not part of Singapore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I don't think I'm qualified to talk about like the very poor people because like I, I privilege. I am privileged and mm. like I I don't really know enough. So thank I, you for acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, I've acknowledged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I I leave that for like the people yeah. who 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 are truly in. Yes, yes yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But she now you just throw me off. I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what was I saying? Oh yeah, okay. But for Those the rest, people, for yeah. the rest of us who have a chance to uh improve ourselves, the up middle, ourselves, yeah, the middle class. Yeah, like we need to do it. So mm-hmm. you either you either do it or you accept that. Oh, I I can't live in Singapore. I have to migrate elsewhere. So I know I know it sounds very harsh. But so you're ringing the bell right now, la. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I I know it sounds very harsh, but this is how it works for for other countries all around the world. Yeah. Mm. And because of Singapore's status as a unique, like really as a city state, like as a small city yeah, state, small city state, <laughs> like this is it. Like this is the play. When yeah, you have yeah. a small population, right? There's not many. You cannot afford too many, uh, weak links in the chain. True. Yeah. Not to say people are weak. I'm saying you cannot afford for people to discover themselves mm-hmm. take 30 years to figure out if I can make it as artisanal this and that without much you know uh, potentiality for definite return on investment there's a dose of realism that we yeah. have to be uh, I guess the 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 motto for Singapore that always stuck to me is uh, pragmatic pra- it's, it's a very pragmatic and practical society yeah. and it always My has necessity. to be mm. yeah. so, so I imagine okay so like I'm a pretty short guy I'm 1.6 okay <laughs> So okay. let's say I have to fight like Wei Chun, he's his one point eight. Yeah. Will I like dance around and like fly like a butterfly or like celebrate? Like no, I will like take him out, you know, at like the, the legs, uh. like the no, like the fastest, fastest way to yeah, solve yeah. the problem. I will not give him a chance to strike back. Yeah. Cause once he strikes back, like I'm doomed. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of approach that I feel like Singapore has to always take. Like just like a, a little guy fighting like the big guy on the street. Mm, mm, always mm. be swift, always be, be decisive. Yeah. And if like I decide to, you know, show both a while, like let's say I punch Wei Chun and he's not out of the fight. And I like, oh, I do some victory dance. He wakes <laughs> up, he smacks me in the face. Like, that's well, it. It, it depends. I'm, I'm, I'm it depends on what. I, I think that, uh, uh, like, like, I think it might be more like you need to find out the right strategy to win me and it won't be by, so for, we have range, right? My arm is longer. Yeah. So you want to get close. Yeah. So I cannot punch my full, you yeah, know, full punch, right? Yeah, so yeah. you want to, Take advantage of what you can press as a smaller whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Singapore is doing that, you know, it's pressing all the advantages to do as a smaller nation. But if some of Singapore, for example, right, if there are some cells in my in his brain, right, that's telling you, hey, I would love it if you more play more range, but he can't. He's a yeah. shorter guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. can only play this way. So mm. it's it's a set, but true thing. Like, and I, I agree also as the position of the official foreign guy in the room. <laughs> I feel like Singapore has a really, really good position as a very wealthy and prosperous country right now to leverage. But then I also am kind of wary that people might be a bit too spoiled. Mm. That's my fear for Singapore. I think that might be a very, very potent fear that I have. But maybe the pandemic will you know, wake yeah. people up. Uh. And do you think it did? I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Mm. Uh, I believe we can do it. But I mean, that remains... I mean, I'm an op- I'm optimist. La. That remains to be seen. I, I also think Singapore can definitely do it. Because Singaporeans are very smart people. Yeah. I think we are some of like the most educated people in the world. Yep. Uh, it's the right kind of education. I yeah. yeah the reason yeah. I'm in Singapore is because education. My mother sent me yeah. here. My father sent me here because the education yeah. here is I think way better. We are some of like the, the wealthiest people in the world. Yep. Like. In the region yeah. also. Yeah, yes. Yep. There are a lot of, there are a lot of people who are, you know, struggling to get by. Yep. But objectively, look at it. Let's, you want to talk about privilege, right? It's a privilege to be born in Singapore. Oh, definitely. So, you have that card. Play it. Yeah. Right. So, I was talking to my friends that day and he was, and then he, sorry, 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 sorry for You don't party. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, some guy from the UK was complaining like, oh, do you know how hard it is to, to be born in the UK? Mm. I, have to, I have to eat bread. I have to watch my father work uh, 16 hours uh, every day. Well, it's, it's a damn tough life. Yep. My, my friend from Vietnam was like, yeah, okay. I, I get it. <laughs> but you know, if you put in Vietnam, you just die. <laughs> yeah. and that really just set things set things to perspective yeah wow like from from UK right yeah. you can move to Singapore and still find work yes because yeah. you have that you have some capital from the UK you move to Singapore you can yeah. make some money yeah. Yeah. Singapore you can actually move to Malaysia yeah. you can move somewhere else yeah somewhere yeah. else make an option then like in Cambodia where are you going to move to yeah nothing yeah mm. so you can be privileged in space yes right. in, 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 in geog- geography geography yeah yeah so I think uh, we shouldn't take that for... Yeah, for and if you want to ride out the pandemic, there are worse places to be. I'm not saying this is the best or so, but mm. I think it's pretty okay like, as somebody mm. who's not mm. Singaporean. Yep. I'm very grateful that I'm here right now. Yeah. So, uh, I always talk to a lot of like Malaysians who come here to work. It's, it's way true. No, no, yeah. not, not way true. Not I'm, just I'm one of them. La. Yeah, he's one of them. But, but he I talked mean, to a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, I, I talked to a lot more. Yeah. And one thing... They always tell me like, "Wow, oh, Singapore is, is so spoiled." Mm. Oh, I never say I don't know. Yeah, me, no, 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 no. He say he say like, "Oh, I you, say you know, if, if I we had like half of the resources, like, did they define what sport means?" So, for example, like you know, uh, you, the the housing, you know, like government must you know look after you. Everything like the government must hand handhold you. Mm. Uh, start business, they give you incentives. Yep, they give you like free equipment to go start businesses. Yep, yep. In Malaysia, in Malaysia, the, the I mean, the people told me like. People are a lot more enterprising. You just start a business. You fail, you fail. Yeah. No one cares. There's there's no like no one come and, and, and handhold you. Yep. And I back to like the topic of pain, I think that that kind of like pain and risk taking ensures that only like the the strong survive. And the few Malaysians that I know that come to Singapore, what they're damn hardy people and them driven. The best of the best, lah. Yeah. yeah. To even want to come to Singapore to to, to make it. And usually these are the qualities that would determine like a like a like a short term or even a long term success. Yeah. 
But I think the funny thing about I I like and dislike the education system in Singapore. Mm. I think it's good. Mm. It, it's very good. And it gives you a very good uh, smorgasbord of different subjects. Uh, whether it's relevant or not mm. is entirely debatable because education itself is always lagging behind. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I always see it as an experiment. Mm. Yeah. When I was growing up, I didn't learn programming as, as a basic. But right now, people are learning programming because there's a necessity for it. So I'm curious to know if from, from both of your opinions, is there anything that uh, should be taught from a young age right now growing up that you s- might not notice that is or that you might notice that is lacking? Because there, there's a lot of emphasis right now on soft skills. I mean, hard skills, you can just Google a lot sometimes. If you don't know anything, people, the, the kids these days are growing up post-internet. They're not growing up in a time where you have to go to the library to search. Right now, you can use a smartphone, Google, you can probably find the answer fast, faster. And perhaps if you know what to search, more accurate. Yeah, yeah. So what I think the question really is, what do you think are some of the skills that would uh, better equip? I guess not even just youth, but I guess uh, adults that are listening that would help serve them. Like soft skills. Yeah. Because I think one of the articles you, you mentioned about uh, need f- uh, feeling the need to establish yourself as a copyright. And I think you mentioned uh, creating a reputation that is fast, effective, and hardworking. And I think these are the things are. Uh, very difficult to cultivate. It's like a trial by fire thing or no? You have to put yourself in a situation. Yep. Yeah. I would say, I mean, it's not a skill, but I would say it's grit. Grit. And okay. like, you know, that's the whole like Angela Duckworth book that no. I, I'm not sure you read. Yeah, no, but, no, no, not at all. But I think grit is very uh, underrated. Grit, right? Not greed. G-R-I-T. G-R-I-T. Yes. <laughs> oh, I said it together. Wow. <laughs> Unison. Yeah. So, it's about like understanding that uh, not everything will be perfect on the first try. There's life has no model answer. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you really have to work, 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 and sometimes you will fail, and failure is just part of, part of it. Uh. I think that's the most important thing that I can, I feel like the education system like lacks. You need to have the appetite, uh, Yeah. To fail. Yeah. It's to, and some of it is also cultural. Like I want to raise my hand in class and make sure like when I answer wrongly, people won't laugh at me. Mm. And uh. <clears throat> So in a way, some of it is great and some of it also like, you know, be, be more, sorry, yeah, be, yeah, to, to be more thick skin. Yeah. Some of it is like, some of it is like to be more gracious to, to other people. Mm-hmm. And all these are not, are so difficult because like, you can't really teach it through, through, through textbooks. No, not but at all. But it's more of like, the individual teachers and, and the culture and, uh, it's somewhat more societal, but I, if any if anything, like I wish the educational system could teach people more more grit. I'm not sure how. Maybe through PE or something. <laughs> yeah, PE, moral education, yeah. grit education. Like with me, I I feel like a bit inverse because I went to a they they don't say it's art school, it's NTU like ADM like mm. design media. Then so I learned a lot of soft things, a lot of philosophical things about oh, interesting. how to appreciate art. I, yep. I, I know how to- Art history and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, art history, Western, Eastern, all that. Yep. I, I And I always tell people this, like I I come out having known so much now about art and, and analyzing art. Like I know how to deconstruct mise-en-scene and film intertextuality, <laughs> but I don't know how to pay my taxes. Eh. They never <laughs> taught me that. Eh. Nobody taught me that. That's yep. why the work salary man is something that's, that was so useful for me because mm. every- Every now and again, Remy will write something and I'm like, wow, this was taught me so many things just drawing for this thing. And I was never taught this and I, I always wanted to scream like, Who, why was I not taught this? Yep. And I guess like, at a f- at, when you go to art school, this is just what you get. Yep. So I wish that actually there was more hard skills. 
I'm curious you know I mean? to know, let's say for something like teaching teaching personal finance, do you think it's something that state should be responsible for or do you think it should be like a personal responsibility? I don't I, I think like grit might come a bit into it because mm. like you're saying, it's, it's, it's like a cultural thing, you know? And I think part of it might be like, as a culture, we need to stop like helicopter parenting and we need to stop modi calling kids mm. and to let them fail and to fall down and to hurt themselves a little bit within reason, lah, right? Mm. <laughs> Not like little, jo- little Johnny play with fire, <laughs> let him learn. Lah, huh? You need to learn this kind of thing. Then he just what? So 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 like with that in place, I think a lot of stuff will 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 sort itself out when it comes to the things that, you know, Singaporeans might not taught in school, like grit and all this, like being failing and you know not caring so much about face which is actually mm. a very Asian thing it is it is it yeah. is Raming any thoughts? I forgot a question again sorry There's do you no think uh, things such as uh, personal responsibility of finance taxes is it the government's responsibility to inculcate from a young age or do you think it's personal oh, yeah. responsibility? Uh, see, so I think like a lot of things in personal finance are subjective okay even if even like <laughs> even the stuff that like we run books man yeah it's entirely subjective. Mm. It's written by my point of view. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, middle age. Hey, don't say, hey, how dare you call me middle age? <laughs> oh, yo. Sorry for offending you. I'll say like, uh, <laughs> a middle class Chinese man. Okay. <laughs> Some stuff I say, okay, so the stuff we say like, will work for a majority of people. Mm. But I will not work for some people. Mm. So when you try to have like, one syllabus, right? To target everyone, right? Yep. It just won't work. And then when you have two syllabus, like, hey, how come there are two syllabus for different who people? Who gets to learn this one and who gets to learn this yeah, one? Yeah, so it opens like a whole different kind of worms. Yep. So what I think like works is, uh, I mean, maybe you can teach it at like a super basic level. Mm. And then like the parents are the ones that uh, inculcate the values to the children. Although the parents might have the wrong values. Yes. But who's to say, you know, like the teacher teach, there'll be a right values or so. Yeah. It's in the end, it's all about finding someone that you can resonate with, you can trust, yeah. Yeah. and you just take the advice with like a pinch of salt, yeah. and then like recalibrate it to to what is suitable for you. Yeah, so you mentioned government, right? So maybe it's my position here as the foreigner to be able to give a very clear answer on what I think about CPF and not have people flame me for it because I'm a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. I have CPF lah, but I'm a foreigner. Mm. I like CPF. Because CPF is basically right, a way right, for the government to help you and force you to save for your future. Because guess what? Most people in Singapore don't invest and they don't care about investing mm. and they will not do after their own future. So you want to complain about CPF? I think there's room to do that. I think there's room to renegotiate uh, whether you opt in, opt out, all this stuff. But if you are not even able to and you have no inclination to think about your own retirement and be able to answer basic questions like, how do you start investing and then mm. what kind of investings are there and then what was the kind of returns you can expect if you invest this way or that way? You you shouldn't complain about CPF because as a foreigner, it's really good. There are people that I know in my country that wish they had that mm. because guaranteed 4%, if the government don't change mm. things up, which might be a possibility, yep. is a pretty solid one, I feel. Yeah, so... People always say like, let's take away CPF. Yep. And what CPF does is enables people to look after themselves after retirement, correct? Mm-hmm. So what happens if there's no CPF and people can't look after themselves after retirement? Who will look after them? Government? Yeah. Yep. So when government look after them, what will happen? Laziness? Ta- taxes increase. Oh, yes. So Singapore has very low taxes. 
because generally people generally can take after look after themselves because of CPF. Yep. But if, if Singapore had like a huge population to look after, and like because they you know they they, they somehow have no money when they're fifty or something, yep. taxes will increase. Uh, in Australia, the tax can be as high as forty percent for Definitely. like for like the top earners. Yep. Once Singapore does does that, right? We can't afford to do like that play we talked about to mm. be the hub for rich people. Yep. Then we are fucked. Mm. And when we are fucked, all the rich people leave. Uh, the pie gets smaller. We're doubly fucked. Uh. Then like we're doubly fucked. <laughs> then like we will all be equal, but we will all be equally poor. Mm. And we don't want that. So, I mean, in defense of CPF, a CPF, hey, check it out. Talking, <laughs> speaking out for you. <laughs> this entire episode is actually a sponsored episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like for, but for the government to teach, right, it's also very difficult because they will just, people will say that there's an agenda attached. Unfortunately. And whoever is the ruling government, it yeah. will yeah. come attached to that. So it's very, very difficult. But I, I completely agree. I, I, I wish there was something like that on a very basic level that everybody just understood, which we are trying, you know, we're trying to create lah. We're trying to make it free, as neutral as possible, with just a very objective goal of helping you understand all the things that are out there. Yeah. Which is the yeah. whole ceremony. No? Uh, I just wanted to balance what I say about CPF. So oh, the downside oh. of Oh, okay. Yeah, so so there is a downside of CPF. Mm-hmm. And yes. I mean there are two downsides. One is like the people who know how to invest cannot invest. What do you mean cannot? Like cannot take control of their money. Because, because some of the CPF. money is tied up there. Yeah. Yep. But they have to accept that for all the benefits that Singapore provides having CPF is, is one of the costs. Yes. Because mm. if not, it will not be Singapore as, as you know it. It's right. a necessary uh, evil, part. Yeah. Evil, yeah. Yeah. evil, yeah. The other downside is that people just don't take control of their finances. It's interesting because uh, on a recent episode, I spoke to a trader, a very active trader, and he runs like a, like a, like a company and runs oh, he investments. Doesn't run. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't like it. No, 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 no. <sighs> so he said, he, he mentioned something along the lines of uh, when I asked him the question about the future, he said, the old paradigms of investing and of uh, buying to hold a couple of years, waiting for it to go up, it's not going to work for the next 10 years, mm. next five years. He said, he, he, he believes that uh, everyone should take part in active investing. Could be on a big scale, on a small scale, but that, that knowledge is out there, mm. is readily available, that everyone should have the personal response and take investing into their lives. It is a non-negotiable. Wow. Yeah, I find it very hard because... I tried to learn about active investment and it bores me to shit, I tell you. I cannot read it. Mm. And I also don't like investing in the stock market personally because I feel like it creates very little real value. I'm just buying somebody else's growth. Maybe you can see this. I'm trying to help fund a company that will then use the money that I put in to go and create even more value for people. Mm. But I otherwise find it very hard to make it worth my while. And I'm not earning that much anyway as of now where I feel like I should dedicate an enough portion amount of time every day to understanding the stock market. I feel like it, it's a full-time job. Uh. Not, okay, just to correct, uh, it's, uh. it's about understanding investment and investment tools, not to actively invest like you. Or individual in, stocks. Uh. Not individual stocks as well. It's like you are knowing, so the old paradigm is you you buy or you just leave your money in a certain place uh. and you just let it sit. A property uh, in Singapore yeah. Context, usually. Yeah. Uh. yeah, but it's about just knowing what financial tools out there uh. and knowing Kind of like the rough basics. Also, oh, so basically taking a more active stance in your investment, yep. lah. Yep. All right, because when you say active investment, yep. I thought My it means yeah. like yeah, I pick stocks, then I buy Apple, Tesla. Yep. You know, that is not easy. That is that is hard. Full time job, and it's like yes. I I don't dare to do it too much. <laughs> yeah. So I can, I can address this on like two levels. 
Only me. Okay. Yeah. So the, the first level is like we talk about active trading. How you must ask like what is your net worth? How how rich is the trader you're talking about? Uh, I probably millions. I, I, he didn't disclose, but at least a mil lah. Let's just at least a mil. That's very generous already. Yeah. You probably no more. no idea. Okay. Yeah. So let's say he has five million. Correct. Okay. And he invests to get a return of 30%. Mm. Fantastic. It is like... <laughs> Fantastic. 1.5 million. Mm. So, trading makes a lot of sense for him. Mm. But, active trading makes a lot of sense for him. Well, but for like someone with like, uh, let's say 20,000, it doesn't make sense for the person to do active trading. Yeah. Because 30% of that is only... 200? 600? Yeah. Uh, I think... <coughs> no, 6,000. 6,000. Yeah. And you take a lot of effort to produce uh, 30% returns. Mm. So, so, that's the first part. Kind of forgot the second part. <laughs> Maybe I can hop in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I also wanted to ask. Uh, so, so when I agree with the stance that everybody should take a more active stance in understanding investment and, and understanding their money and how they want to compound it for the future. But did he say, or else what? Or else you are going to not have enough money for retirement. Or else you're going to have to work until you're 70, 80 years old. Like, what is there or else to that? I don't believe there was an or else. Because some people are like, okay, no, that's just the world now. Like, I got to work until 60, 70. That's it's just about, like, as I said, it's about acknowledgement that the old, the old ways of thinking mm. and the old, the old paradigm of thinking will not serve you in the future. Ah, and right, it's right, right. true. It's yep, definitely yep. true. The old idea of, let's say you buy a stock now, you hold out for 20 years, mm. hopefully it will appreciate value. I, I, I fundamentally believe he, mm. he has, he has, uh, He's right in saying that it will right, not serve right, us right. Like, because see, the world is so in- instable and there's a lot of momentum. He was, he was talking about how, I think the, the episode was recorded, I think last month, mm. uh, right when the riots in America happening, um, for some reason, the stocks went up. The, the stocks went crazy. And he said there was a momentum swing for Tesla in particular. Uh, he said Tesla's stock went up by 500%. Yep. I think for about uh, a valuation of 200 to 1,005. Yeah, madness. It's ridiculous. And yeah. he said, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, so that, definitely true because like value investing mm. can be argued like doesn't work anymore because mm. now this market is just driven by hype and emotions, right? Yeah. Oh, I can I remember the second part of the question. Yes. So <laughs> yes, it's true that a lot of people uh doesn't make active investing actively trading like doesn't make sense for most people. Mm. But they but if you but if you work hard, sorry, I hate using I shouldn't even work hard. But if you reach the level of like financial success where it starts to when your when your money starts reaches that critical mass, then you can start uh, actively investing. Then you can start picking stocks. So, so there's a point yeah. of reaching your your net worth only at a certain point. Then you should take a more active like mm. actively pick mm. stocks and stuff because now your net worth is as such that for me to grow thirty percent is a big big deal. Yeah, right. It's called re- return on time. Mm. Rot. Yeah, rot. <laughs> So that's ROI. And ROT. Yeah, and ROT. ROT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely agree with the trader. People should take the uh, finances. Uh, I mean, active yeah, role should take more finance. active role. Yeah. But like, when it comes to like active, active investing, active trading, they might want to hold it off until their money is uh, sufficient. But they're more mature enough to, yeah, to exactly. even do it. Uh, because yeah. there's, I'm sure that there are stories of young people getting uh, I guess swayed by the idea of all oh, making money. I guess with forex and everything, it's so yeah. easy mm-hmm. to access, mm-hmm. and you lose money. Even. Yeah. So here's how most young people think money is made. So okay. like, let's say I work. Uh, okay. So this year I put in ten thousand. Mm. Next year it become hundred thousand. What? Bro? <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, wait, what? No, no. What are you investing, bro? <laughs> yes, yeah. No, but this, this is how most people approach investing, or or, or what they think it is. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, today I go buy a Tesla, mm. and tomorrow it will be. 
tomorrow we I mean like in one year's time, hopefully it ten times increase being a hundred thousand. That's like Bitcoin. Uh. Yeah. Well, some people well, some young kids, very bad uh, math for you. Yeah, but 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 that's how a lot of people approach this because when stocks shoot up, right? Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, it, it gives them an impression mm. that it's that easy. Mm. But like they will not be a Tesla yeah. always. And you might pick a Tesla, but you also might pick some shitty stock. Definitely. So for example, like I do pick some of my, my portfolio. Yep. So I have like great picks like Nike up 100%. Like uh, I have like uh, Ali, Alibaba, I think up like 60%. But I also have some like really shitty picks like Pi2, which is down like 30%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Down 30%. Under Armour, I also bought also down... Uh, I think like forty percent. Do you actively like point. study all the financial reports? And uh, that? I think back then I was, back then I wasn't educated. Back then I, I anyhow buy, yeah. You buy the brands you wear, but yeah. still not bad actually for anyhow buy. Yeah, so, 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 so yes, there's a profit, but uh, there's also a chance you will lose money mm-hmm. For example, if I pick like four by twos, <laughs> then my portfolio <laughs> will, will, will be like minus minus yeah. 16, minus sixteen k. Yeah. So, and it's something like that that <laughs> might actually uh harm you yeah. because you, 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 you feel a sting yeah. and then you don't really know how to progress. I mean, you lose money already yeah. and it stings la, and the pain and there is pain there. Yeah. Definitely. So, active investing is not for most people and I think many, many times we, we, we hear like, I am not for most people. Oh, but I'm not most people. I am special. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, but like, are, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you're special? Because <laughs> even for ourselves, we're not active investors because like, our net worth is, is, is just not not diet. Yeah, I think if I ever get that rich, right, I'll just pay somebody else who's very good to do it for me. And I imagine you have different focuses. I mean, yeah. you if to do the active, like really good active investing, there's active yeah. and there's really good active investing. You yeah. need to study. You need to yes. see like fucking a lot of yeah. screens. Yeah. You yeah. see all the tickers and everything. Yeah. It's it's, and, and you do need to take a risk. So like mm. rich begets rich. Wealth begets wealth. Why did I say rich? Yeah, wealth begets wealth because wealth allows you to take a risk. Yep. A greater appetite for risk. Yeah, like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like you have 20k, then you put all 20k, then you lose it. Oh, okay, that's it. And it stinks, so yeah, <laughs> it's like but, fuck. But if you have many, many 20k's, you can keep doing it until like you get a. You just need one big win. Yeah, one, one big win to can cover it a lot. Yeah, it's the gambling theory, though. Like you play blackjack, you lose, you keep doubling your bet. Somehow, just to sheer probability, you hit. Yeah. But you have to a lot, have a lot of money. Have, you, you have a lot of things to double. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that was from David Cho. He's a compulsive gambler, artist, compulsive gambler. Yeah, he say he goes to Vegas, compulsive gambler, he gambles like that. So he plays blackjack, I think. And every time he loses, he will just double the bet, double the bet, double the bet. Huh? And he makes it back. He, he's, he has said he has won millions and lost millions. Uh. So <laughs> oh, 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 I would be curious what his net, like. I mean, David Cho is a special he... case because he, if you didn't know, he is a muralist. He's a fine uh-huh. artist and uh-huh. he painted a mural for Facebook. He famously painted a mural for Facebook when they were, I guess, just starting out in 2012. He, so being a compulsive gambler, he right. chose stocks instead of a 60K payment, which at oh. that time he really needed the money because I think he had some debts he needed to pay. He is a compulsive gambler. But being of that trade, he chose stocks. Oh, and wow. when Facebook uh, gone public, I think the stocks at that, at that particular time was valued, I think 200, eh? wow. 200 million, but that was in 2017. It's a lot more now. Yep. Oh, yeah. No. But, so I listened to a lot of his podcasts uh, yeah. back then and I think that was one of the matters he shared. I think it makes sense logically, but as Wei said, you need to have a lot of- <laughs> I wouldn't bank on that because the, yeah. the, the thing about the difference between a casino and the stock market is that the casino is engineered to so that the house always wins. Uh. Mm. 
So that's a very difficult one to to go off of. Uh. And I mean, back to the back to like the stats thing, like luck is like the X. Like you, you don't really know why it is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it might throw a curveball. I might give you a zero. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, in the casino, they they engineer it so that the X is usually lower. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like great for the guy, but I mean, you know, like survivorship bias, right? Yeah. Black, oh, definitely. He, he definitely. Plays blackjack. Uh. I believe the game is blackjack. If I'm not wrong. Oh. Yeah. Because I would think poker might be a better because poker there is. Uh, 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 influ- a greater influence of skill. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not just about luck. It's, it's not just about, about the cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. In closing, um, I'm just curious to know, have you guys consumed anything recently? Content, media-wise, that surprised <laughs> <Potato> you? Potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> that, that surprised you? Surprised. Yeah. Good or bad. What yeah, good mean? or bad. It could be something you thought it was good, but then well, it would turn out fucking shitty. Or inversely, it could be something bad. You thought, eh, it's not too bad. Yeah, you learned something from it. Watch Umbrella Academy season two. It's definitely better than season one. <laughs> <laughs> season one was terrible, but season two they developed like the characters a lot more. Yeah, the powers increased. Yeah, and some uh, development on uh, number five, which was like a time traveling dude. And do you follow the comics? No, I don't follow the comics. Okay, I'm I'm not a purist. Okay, I I don't know. What do we consume so, recently? So Raymond recommends Umbrella Academy season two. Yeah, season one is shit. <laughs> but the monkey died. Oh, spoiler. Well, for me, it was uh, another Netflix program. There's this show called Derek. Derek is a show by Ricky Gervais and it features this guy who is very dim-witted but very pure and innocent. And he volunteers at an old people's home. And then the, the series has a lot of very crass humor in it. And uh, I initially hated it because I'm a huge Ricky Gervais fan and I loved his first work, The Office. And it was a very uh, subtle and rich and very sarcastic and very witty piece. Yeah. But this one was a lot more sappy and I didn't like it. And it's still a flawed piece, but... Watching it now, right, with the perspective that I'm doing all right and I might, maybe if I'm lucky enough or if I play my cards right, uh, I might have enough money to retire. Mm. It has made me think about giving, uh, about if I do become rich enough that I would want to give most of it away. Mm. And then the, the show really, really changed my mind about that because I, I, I was quite a hard-ass capitalist Dog uh. like a few weeks before I saw the program, but <laughs> too rough on himself. Wait, yeah. And b- so before he was a capitalist dog, he was actually like a liberal squirrel. <laughs> yeah, I really was. I was like full on artist, you know. He then crazy one. So I I made a very you know weird transition. four years ago. He's a well, he's like a true artist, like hey, which like. Yeah, yeah. But I just want enough to. To, to, no, I told uh, myself yeah. if I can earn 3k and work at Ghibli Studio, Ghibli Studios and animator that's me I'm done for life 4 years ago yeah 4 years it's ago it's not that long no la, not 4 yeah, years la. La. I think 6 years ago 6 la. years okay like 6 yeah, years yeah, ago yeah, but, but the transformation was very slow only in the past year I became increasingly capitalistic yeah, and I started to earn more money <laughs> yeah, yeah. but then now, now it's, it's like but I feel like a lot of people might go on that track where yep. the more you earn and then when you earn enough that you can settle most of your debts and I'm now confident that I can pay off my house. Wonderful, uh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. I never thought that. I, I, I thought I would be paying it 30 years down and That's I will always be living edge to edge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it very... Suddenly, I feel like now that I might eventually have the capacity to be financially free, right? I want to give back. Not just in terms of just giving money, but if I have a skill set, for example, creating content or photography, right? What we talked about also was we one day want to also dedicate maybe half of our time to doing something that is not just... Pro bono lah, yeah lah. Mm. Like, like one thing I, I really want to do, right, is to find a way that I can help people take photos of uh, their loved ones that are on their deathbeds. Because I mm. realized that 
uh, a lot of them don't have very good photographs yep. of that moment and, and it's just some shitty little photo yep. and I can do it for free and yep. like, it's something I'm interested in I can do and can help someone very much so yep. so these kind of things like, I really think like that show just completely changed it because it is very corny in some of the ways that they set up some of these story elements of how you know the rich guy like the, the old guy in the home then his rich son comes in and his rich son is just all about money I work in the banking firm quite successful yep. and then at the end of the episode he turns like because he sees how this Derek like volunteering at the home not earning much is so happy with essentially nothing mm. you know so so a bit like what Rimi was talking about you know watching Kim's Convenience in a tent <laughs> when in a snowstorm in, in Mongolia yeah like happiness doesn't come or, or you know this kind of fulfillment doesn't need to come from having achieved a lot in your career and having a lot of money in your bank account. Yep. So I, I want to if possible give yeah. a lot back. Not just money yeah. you know but, but and, and, and securing my financial situation has helped me realise that. I feel like it has liberated me now then from not just giving begrudgingly and painfully just out of pure goodwill but now I can actually purely do it and sustain myself and not have to kill myself to do it. So what animal is he now? Squirrel to dog to mm. dolphin? I don't know. It's a Maybe deer. A, Maybe a, a wombat. wolf. <laughs> wombat? Yeah, wombat. <laughs> Why wombat? Yeah? What the fuck? It's cute lah. People like cute things. Just, just. Yeah, I think wombat works because wombat is quite a lazy creature. Like it's just comfortable with koala, its, koala, a koala, <laughs> yeah. a sloth. Yeah, know. but it's interesting you mentioned that because as I said, the, the trader he mentioned, investing is not just about money. It's uh-huh. also about attention. Let's say if someone wants to talk, mm. talk about, it's also investing about attention, time, uh, even time. Time is in form of investment if you want to talk to someone about something. So it's about just having that, that scope. The investment isn't just about money. Money will reach to a certain point where, uh, it just, for oh, diminishing returns, yeah. Diminishing yeah. returns, yeah. So it's very interesting you brought that point up because I think it circles back to him as well. He did mention that, yeah, what, we have to con- we have to consider other forms of investment as well because mm-hmm. it is important. Mm. Yeah, so I guess in this case it's like investment in my I don't know, like like my my, my usefulness meaning, usefulness uh, in life to uh, other people. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, or, or or investment in giving back. So I can also yeah. feel like I was here and I did something, you know. Yeah. And all this is possible because I hate saying that, but yeah. Because but, I sold out. No, no, this is possible because like he he's financially free. Mm. And for example like if we weren't financially free we'd be working like yeah. our day jobs busting our ass talking to clients yep, yep. creating work we don't believe in like I mean I've created like god knows how many banner ads that I <laughs> I fucking dislike mm, yeah. <laughs> but now like there's a there's a chance to do like real real meaningful work impact yeah to, yeah, to, to give back to society yep. and like I think we are planning some uh donations to, 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 to non-profits I mean mm. on behalf of the anime, and like it's great because like now we are financially free we're able to help in ways that well, I'm not financially free yet okay, okay. but I mean on, on track, the track yeah, yeah, on track, yeah. Sort yeah. Off, hopefully. we can help in ways like we can be generous and help in ways like we would, would never have imagined that's wonderful yeah it's like coming on the other side yeah. like but but for me to do this I also had to I went through a, and my, my fiance will still argue that I'm in a fucking kiamsiap phase where I calculate everything and I I'm very particular about how I spend money yeah but I think one of the, the perks of being financially free is that I might no longer have to be that way. La. Mm. Hopefully. La. Mm. So next time I go to shop, I don't need to bargain. I fucking hate bargaining. Mm-mm. But sometimes some shops require you to do it <laughs> and I, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm close to financial freedom. Mm, wonderful. Uh, And I started like, 
buying some nice things for my for my girlfriend. Mm. And she was like, the fuck, why are you buying me things? This is not you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you changed. Hey, I, I actually, you know, this money, you know, I work very hard for it. Like, yeah, we should, we should enjoy life a little. Like, we shouldn't, like, shouldn't scream. So, definitely, you know, like, it's, uh, it, it, it's great, like, I mean, but to, but nowadays you spend without that guilt because like, you know, you, you earn it already. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I think that's a fantastic way to end the podcast. Um, Before we end, is there anything you guys want to plug? Uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, any recent articles you like? You want people to read? Please share. Uh, just check out our Facebook and website, all right? <laughs> Do you want to plug in? Oh yes. Uh, if there's any government people listening to this, mm. uh, I-, I want you guys to build more cycling lanes. <laughs> Having cars dominate the road is terrible. Cyclists, uh, we we don't pay road tax because we don't have uh don't produce emissions. Cars produce emissions, they kill the environment, they take away space, precious space that can be used for residential, urban agriculture, uh, reduce the heat in Singapore, oh, no. like greenery. <laughs> Please consider building more cycling lanes and reduce number of cars in Singapore. Thank you very much. Wow. And check out the work side, man. Ah, yes, uh, also check out the yeah. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook can find easily. Yeah. Yes. All right, that's a wrap. Uh, thank you guys for your time. Thank Thanks. you guys for the fantastic episode. Thank you so much, man. Thanks. Build more bike lanes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.